0: Morelia Python Radio, with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre.
1: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio. Tonight, we have the long-anticipated, awaited IJ Roundtable. Um, I have a couple people joining me. I have Rob Stone, uh, is here. Uh, and I have Tony. I'm going to butcher his last name. I know it. Doer. Do, how, how do you Dora. say it, Tony? Dora. <laughs>
2: no problem. Dora.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Easy enough. <laughs> My fault. Um, I'm so bad with that kind of stuff. I shouldn't be doing a podcast. That's for sure. Uh, um, and uh, in, a, in a couple minutes, we're going to be joined by uh, Terrell, um, but uh, we're going to be talking about IJs tonight, um, natural history, captive breeding, bloodlines, some of the morphs, selective breeding projects, what we're working on, uh, why we like them, captive keeping, all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, we picked it tonight because Owen is off somewhere watching Star Wars. I don't know. He's probably eating pot cookies and watching Princess Leia. Who knows?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, whatever, man. That's his thing. So a couple things I want to hit on before we get going. Um, the Bolens T-shirt, um, you can go over on one of our many Facebook pages, groups, all that kind of stuff. And we're doing uh, a Bowens t-shirt again to try to raise some money for a good friend, Ari, uh, who is uh, headed over to to, uh, New Guinea in um, January, I think. I think it's January. And um, he's trying to raise some funds. I think he was trying to hit $5,000, but he was just shy of that. So uh, he asked us to hook up a shirt thing for him. So we did. So and the shirt's pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. So you can check it out over there. Like I said, uh, all over the place. Um, so there's that. Uh, we also we also finally were uh, had our interview with uh, Brian Cusco of Triple B TV, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, it was the interview we did back in uh, in Tinley Park. If you haven't checked out uh, Brian's YouTube channel triple B TV also does a personal vlog like every couple of days or so Um, check it out he has some uh, cool stuff he's interviewed some cool people and uh, he's a good guy so there we go the last thing I got is uh, thoughts to everybody in California that's been affected by the fires I know Riley was one he had to evacuate and um, I think the first show back from a break he's going to come on and talk about you know uh, some things that he uh, learned Uh, in that whole scenario, uh, when he had to, uh, pack up the animals and, and head out. So, uh, that should be, uh, should be an interesting talk. So, um, Tony, were you affected by it at all? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I was actually, yeah, we got a mandatory evac for probably, I want to say close to 48 hours.
4: Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy.
2: So are you, back, an home? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are you back, back home? Yeah, we're back home
1: now. Okay.
2: Yeah, we're back home and everything got set back up and okay, things good. had to go back to work and all that. And it seems like this area is at least contained. I don't. I think Riley's. They're finally getting containment under it, but not a hundred percent sure on the amount that they've got on his.
1: Man. So how do you think it's? Do you think it's going to affect your breeding season at all? Yeah.
2: Um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not too concerned on that. Um, everything kind of, I I kind of kept track of what everything's temperatures were and all that. So, or at least where I was, what my lows were whenever I had everything moved. So I was pretty prepared beforehand. So that made, that made me feel a lot more comfortable with everything. It was just a matter of, okay, now just pack it all up and go. It's the first right. time I've ever had to test everything out thankfully, so okay, good
1: well, I'm glad everything uh was okay um so uh yeah, that's the only like uh update the only other update um I have is i'm I'm trying to work out a show uh it's probably gonna be sometime in January I would imagine uh me and Rob were talking about this i really i mean we haven't really talked about it on the show only because. I don't want to talk about something that I really don't know about, um, but uh, the, the NIDO virus has kind of taken the Morelia community uh, by storm. Um, a couple, po- I've seen some people that uh, are pretty well known in the hobby that have, have been affected, but have come forward uh, and, and, and shared that they have it, which to me is a positive thing uh, because they could have kept quiet and continued to uh, sell snakes and, and spread uh, this virus around. Um, but, um, so one of the things that I wanted to talk to, uh, Cody and P about is like, uh, because one of my frustrations that I've seen so far is like, I haven't really seen anybody until today with buddy, um, really talk about, uh, maybe like quarantine procedures and, you know, uh, ways that you can, uh, at least help, uh, diminish the spread of it, um, you know, within your collection. And, and I I don't think, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I think that like, that's not something that's really practiced all that. uh, What's the word? Well, I guess quarantine procedures. I mean, some people are methodical about it. Then others are kind of nonchalant about it. And then most people I think kind of fall in the middle, I would say. I mean, I think that there's probably a, uh, false sense of security when you're getting a snake from somebody that you know and you, and, you know you might be friends with or something like that. So, uh, you know, I don't know. What do you guys think about this whole situation?
5: Yeah, I mean, go ahead, Rob. What you said, man. Thanks. I appreciate it, Tony. Um, I, you know, what you said, I'm uh, I was impressed. Um, I actually hadn't seen it. You told me about the, the couple different posts by people who said they were affected and that um, I was impressed that they came forward with that. I think that's essential, and I think we're probably leading towards the spot where we're all going to have to, you know, if we want to feel comfortable, we're all going to have to test and see where we're at and then be honest and open with those results, whatever they may be. I mean, I, I think the the big key with those two folks is that those are people who clearly are more concerned with how people do with stuff they get from them than they are with making money, you know? So I think that's that's a great sign, yeah. and that they were honest about that, you know? Um, in terms of the quarantine thing, man, I think we all know what the right words are to say. I don't know that we all follow those, you know, similar to what you're saying. You know, I think we all know what, what we're all supposed to say and that's mostly what people do say when you actually go there. It's rare, it seems to me, to actually see... You know, I've seen the Denver Zoo quarantine and what that what that entails, what that's like, and I, you know, not saying I have seen everything and know everything, but I've been to a fair few collections, and it's very rare, if not unheard of, to see something that actually mimics what they're doing there in terms of how seriously they're taking it. Um, so I think I think we know, you know what we're supposed to do, but I think it's impractical for most of us. And then even maybe if it's practicable for somebody, they won't do it. Um, Or they'll just kind of say, oh, I kept it in my, you know, I kept it a room over and, uh, oh, you know, sure. I only, I only touched that afterwards and whatever, but I still touched the next day and all these things. So, um, I think we can make, you know, conscious mistakes, but, uh, and some people do that, but, um, I think for the most part, it's, it's not really as intense as it needs to be. And I I think it's uh, something that certainly it's uh, worrying to me, not, not as a, a problem for the hobby going forward, but just as something that we need to make sure everyone takes seriously. You know, it's definitely a warning.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tony, any thoughts?
2: yeah, I think you hit it on the hit the the nail on the head with that because really it is it does come down to how many times have we heard everybody say that the the repeat quarantine procedure and, and we all do or the majority of us do know exactly what that is and what we should be doing, but I think it's the same as you was saying is a lot you get comfortable in something or you got it from one area that you feel comfortable or you didn't exactly you should keep it for x amount of months and you may have shortcut that that time period just because you you know what it looks good it's good uh i think it's something that i mean i have been guilty of it and i'm sure at some point everybody's kind of been guilty of it if you've been in the hobby for a while and it's it's one of those that we just kind of have to get on top of and i think i think this this actually may be what we what as a community, we kind of need it as a kick in the ass, unfortunately, um, to kind of put everything in check as to, you know what, maybe we need to stop being so lax on this because I'm sure uh, it wasn't, everything wasn't so lax and it was held up a little bit higher. The standard of it was held up a little bit higher some years ago, but now that everything's kind of taken off with it and there's so much drive in it and in wanting to produce by so many people that, it's become something that maybe has kind of fallen off, and comes second. It's the second standard you need.
3: Right.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's 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 a it's a scary thing for sure. And um, you know, I I just think that uh, what what I'm trying to figure out, and you know, again, I don't want to speak on it, but like you know, it seems I've heard it it was in ball pythons and then somehow now chondros are affected. I know carpets are affected. So does that mean that all Python, I mean, because, you know, Morelia and ball pythons are not really closely related. You know what I mean? Like if you were telling me that bones and carpets and chondros sort of had it, then I would say, okay, I can see why that would go. So, you know, I think that some people, because they maybe don't keep chondros, get a false sense of security. Maybe you know you just have all ball pythons, or maybe you just you know have all, all olive pythons or whatever. But I I don't see why it wouldn't affect affect all. But again, I'm not I'm not really sure uh, if there's information out there on that. You know. So,
2: but I agree. Um, I was actually listening back a little earlier to one of these shows that you guys had a couple of years ago. I think you were interviewing Chris Salemi. And I found it okay. kind of kind of interesting because it was one of the shows you guys were interviewing Chris Salemi and you guys got into uh, talking about the importance of actually seeing a vet rather than everybody kind of self-medicating. I mean, we all know the, the ways to do it or we know the shortcuts so that you don't see the vet and you guys were emphasizing that it's more important to do that because you may be medicating with something that you're not treating the right item or you're not treating the right problem for. And now uh-huh. it's kind of the question was, is it going to start building it up in, up in immunity? So it kind of wonders is these animals, the ones that are affected recently, are they more prone to the respiratory and ones that we more likely have been self-medicating over other species or, or the other types or, so, I mean, I, and again, I'm like you, I don't know. I'm I'm doing the same thing. And anytime somebody has something out there, or there's something to read. I'm looking up what it is and what's going on. Right. Uh, I'm trying to understand it also, but it just kind of makes you wonder, okay, is this just a, an advanced form of what we've been treating and now it's, Become so immune, or the the typical antibiotics don't work, and now it's kind of mutated into something different that's more more adapted to survive in its in its environment.
3: Yeah i
1: i don't I don't remember the show, but I do remember I I do remember I'm talking to people about that in the past, and I. I think if you just look at people, you know, I mean, the same things happening with people as far as, uh, you know, like penicillin and, um, you know, antibiotics as far as that goes, because I don't know about you, but most of the people that I know, if they get a sniffle, you know, they're calling up for some antibiotics, but over time, you know, then you have a new strain of, uh, of the, you know, of the flu or whatever. And, you know, it, it, I don't know. So I, it yeah, seems right, odd that it wouldn't happen.
3: Right, right.
1: And then it gets stronger and stronger. And then what do you do? You know, I can't remember. I think I was listening to a radio lab podcast and they were talking about that. And they were talking about how, yeah, yeah I think, what, did you listen to that, Rob? Wasn't it like yeah, they I go by letters or something? They go by letters or something yeah. and they're like at Y or, 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 or almost at the end of the alphabet. So they're running out of like.
5: Uh, maybe you can talk yeah. better on it cause I don't really remember it a hundred percent, but no, I mean, it's, it's the same point Tony that you're bringing up and that came from the, the show with Chris. I mean, that was, yeah, Eric, it was from, it was Chris a couple of years ago. He was talking about his stuff and then he had just kind of brought that up from his experience at the zoo. And uh, it's just talking about antibiotic and, um, you know, drug resistance basically, you know, and just in right. terms of all that exposure and not completely, going through the cycle and that's something that's inherently going to happen when we're doing it off, you know, off script, right? If we're just doing it, dosing it at the house, then we're not going to be dosing it necessarily according to the, the full schedule. And that's what happens with people, right? They say, okay, I did two thirds of the medication of the doses that I was supposed to take. And then I feel better. So I stopped taking them. You still have some of that, uh, that, that virus or that bacteria in you. And then, uh, you know, those that survive, those that have survived that are then likely to move on and move forward. And they've actually, those surviving ones had random mutations or whatever it might be that set them up to not be affected by the drug that we treated it with. So by failing to come through and kill all of them, um, you know, we're actually propagating that resistance. So I think it, that radio lab was about penicillin and it was just talking about effectively you had this wonder drug and now it's, to the almost to the point of being, um, you know. Certainly, there are so many things that are resistant that it's it's kind of getting in desperate times in terms of saying we're almost to the point where it won't be that wonder drug anymore, and we're now pre 1935 or whatever it was, you know. So that we're sitting there going, okay, what do, what are we going to do to treat this infection if it's one of these that's resistant? Incidence of that resistance is much higher now but i I think what you're talking about too is that they were showing that drug resistance within three or four years of penicillin coming out they started getting some that were already resistant so it's just sort of the cycle of these things but that doesn't mean it's not a
4: problem right absolutely
5: so hopefully
1: uh when we return like i said from our break um sometime in january uh we'll be talking with cody and pia about uh you know number one they do a test uh, maybe they could give some more info on that some quarantine procedures as far as what they do as having positive animals in their collection and how they go about that and maybe some tips and stuff uh, for people that you know maybe are just starting to build a collection uh, of snakes and you know uh, you know uh, what they can do to to sort of prevent uh, you know that from coming into your collection um, so but on to on to more happier things (laughs) um so tonight we're talking about uh honestly ij's Erin jaya carpet pythons are my favorite carpet python i think i have close to 40 of them uh (laughs) obviously uh they're near and dear to my heart i think that um When it comes to carpet, you know, when it comes to IJs, I don't know if it's just because, like, um, when I first got into carpets, uh, I think my first, you know, first I bought some Coastals, which was two, and then I went and I met Luke Snell. And for people that are probably new uh, to the hobby, they may have heard that name, uh, Morelia Wonderland, or maybe they'd never heard of him. But uh, back in, when I was getting in, in 2007, 2008, 2009, uh, Luke had one of the most amazing collections of IJs uh, around, in my opinion. And um, luckily, he lived up in North Jersey, and I bought a couple snakes from him, and he let me come up and check out his collection. So when I went up, um ij's were the first adult carpets that i saw and i was so blown away by like in all the carpets that i keep ij's have this big chunky beefy head that is just like you just can't beat it it's one of the things i love about them um they have like that uh you know some of them have like that white and black that go down, you know, uh, down, down the face, uh, which, you know,
3: to me, uh,
1: just, I don't know. It just, it really is a killer, killer look. The one thing that kind of drew me to them in particular is, is that, you know, uh, I saw what people have done with jungle carpets and I've said this a million times on the show, but I saw what people did with jungle carpets and I said, man, if somebody really took the time, you could really selectively breed, uh, these carpets to really look killer. And, uh, nobody seemed to care. I don't know. You know, they're not, they're not the flashiest, I guess, but to me, I
2: think they are.
1: Um, one of the other things that they do, which I think is pretty cool. And, uh, I'm sure these guys can attest is, um, they do a a color change, uh, you know, almost to the point where sometimes you will open up the cage or the tub or whatever. And you're just like, Oh my God, it looks like a totally different snake. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, they stay small, uh, relatively small. Uh, we'll get into that, but, uh, you know, I mean, I got some, uh, papers and stuff then you know, if anybody wants to, uh, you know, access to it, uh, I can send it to them. Maybe I'll just put it over in the, in the chat, but, I sent these guys pretty much uh, just accumulation of info that I've been putting together about IJs and, you know, all the different notes and stuff that I've seen people posted and, you know, the history. I mean, one of the advantages, the other advantages with IJs is it's really the only wild caught blood in the carpet complex that you can get uh, coming in uh, to the U S um, legally. <laughs> you would say, but uh you know, the, you know there has been some people um, as of late. Myself, uh, Terrell's in there. Um, I know uh, Riley, uh, Chris Salemi. I don't know if you, you were. I, I don't know if you were involved in that transaction either, Tony, of that group of uh, captive hatch babies that we got a while back. I don't know.
2: Uh, uh, I got a couple. I didn't okay. get in on them right away, but I okay. I ended up with a pair of them.
1: Okay, cool. Um, But so there's a lot of guys out there that uh, are are getting some uh, wild caught captive hatched, which, you know, leads us to sort of, you know, push for some uh, new bloodlines and and trying to really get the genetic gene pool uh, pretty diverse when it comes to these guys Um, from. They are the easiest carpet to breed, in my opinion. Uh, Sorry, Owen, um, but they
5: are. (laughs) <laughs>
2: uh i believe he's successful two years now <laughs> he's coming yeah. up on it at least
5: well
1: yeah he, yeah he has to send them to somebody else in order to be successful so i don't know if that counts or not but it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> it's almost worth
2: buying a granite just to say so he can say he was successful <laughs>
1: yeah um so uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of morphs uh, in in the in the IJ uh, group, um, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit on some of that and the history of that. Um, but uh, I guess why we wait for Terrell to come on, Tony, since you are new to the show, maybe you can just introduce yourself. What got you into carpets, and maybe what got you into IJs? What 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 is it about IJs
2: that you like so much? All right. Uh, Well, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Yeah, man. One of the things that got me into IJs, really, it's just the color palette. And I know a lot of people look at them and they seem dull. But if you, like you mentioned the color shift, I I honestly think a lot of the times, most times at at a knot, you're going to end up seeing or somebody's going to end up seeing them during that dull color, that one color palette, and then they'll lighten up a little bit later. So. Right. I, I love the, the shift. The uh, the color palette they have is pretty awesome. I mean, I got started into carpets with. I ended up getting a jungle carpet,
3: and just the yellow. <laughs> no, just yeah, kidding. well, yeah.
2: <laughs> I was supposed to get a water monitor, and I got talked out of that by my parents. So,
1: oh, okay. <laughs> it was
2: walked out of the store at least with a, a snake and. Uh, didn't ever get to see that grow up and do its color change. Uh, my brother ended up frying it over a weekend, put it out in the sun in the tank just to give it some sun. So it can sunbathe over a weekend that I was at, down at my grandmother's and ended up frying the snake. So didn't get to see that grow up. And then a uh, couple of years later, up another jungle carpet and quickly decided, you know, I, I like it. I'm really, I, I really enjoy these. So I started going to the shows mm-hmm. and, uh, I just saw the different types and the different colors and realized, you know, I really don't – not that big into the yellow and black. They're nice, but they all they all kind of look – sorry for all those out there, but to me they look a lot. (laughs) Very similar. Very similar. I mean, you can only go so yellow. You can only go so black. And then there's a happy medium between. Mm
3: -hmm. But
2: one thing that just kind of turned me off on it was the – you could have a really bright or a nice, nice yellow, and then it would mud out in a couple of years, and it was a crapshoot. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to buy a mudded snake, why not buy one that naturally comes with that color and actually improves with the mudding or the lack of? So right. uh, picked up, ended up getting an my first IJ as an adult in a trade with somebody. I produced a mm-hmm. couple a litter of yellow anacondas and they wanted one. So after probably a month and a half of screening the guy, um, we worked out a trade and got my first adult yellow, or first adult um, IJ, as, a, and it was a female. She was just, the, the once I saw her and saw the first time that color shift, I was kind of hooked on that. And then it was just kind of keep looking for more and more. And then as I got more into it, I started realizing, okay, maybe I should just stop picking up the random ones here and there and maybe start focusing on the actual project direction with that or what possibilities there are. Cause the more I got, I real, the more I started to realize there was more variation from one to another to another. Right. Absolutely.
1: <clears throat> um, Rob, what, what's your uh, experience with IJs?
5: Yeah. I mean, uh, well, as you hit on, I really like them because they're the one that we that comes in regularly from Indonesia. Um, mm-hmm. So I've had oh a couple dozen from uh, mm-hmm. Cameron a Bushmaster. I'll go up there and other things, and I'll you know always those always caught my eye. They haven't come in nearly as much recently, um, but especially five or ten years ago, there'd be a cl- couple clutches every year, and then you would get these that are probably oh, two, two-and-a-half footers, so they're probably up to 18 months, two years old. I really like um, the color variation, although those baby babies, right, it's kind of peaches on red kind of color, but uh, peaches on terracotta, right. something like that, you know. But uh, I also I like striping. I know you like striping, too. Um, I like uh-huh. stripy stuff, and they have a natural tendency to go stripy, so that's really cool. And then at the same time, if you see the super crisp banded ones, those are really cool, and I kind of like those earth tone snakes. You know, the the mud snakes, as Owen would say. You know, while he's off watching Star Wars or whatever. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's basically what's appealed, you know, appealed to me about them. In addition to the color change, right? So that those those mud colors can turn into sort of lavenders, and you know, those yellows can brighten up and you just see that change you get the flames and all that stuff so they're really cool snakes they're not huge they're really you know really well tempered i've read jungles before I've and you know those were all really nippy relative to the ij stuff i never had any of that ij stuff do you know show any sort of aggressive behavior not that it would be anything if they did but just a, a stark difference between the two um so that's really what appeals to me. And I, I think you're totally – you both are spot on to be incorporating all these different things and just kind of work with them, you know, in the same way that blood pythons were. it's There's a lot of potential there that's just ignored because it hasn't been – with a few exceptions, it hasn't really been taken to the point where it will grab the attention of people who aren't super into it.
1: Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of like, um, you know, the other – I should say this too you know the more i got into it um somebody that was really into ij's back when i was getting into it was uh, anthony caponetto and um it was when i stumbled upon the gq line so you know the gq uh bloodline is uh gary quirk the gary and, quirk um, yeah yeah those uh uh, that were the first carpets that Anthony, uh, bought and he got them at a Kansas city herp show. Um, he picked up a pair, uh, from Gary and I think there was only four left. Um, I think, uh, he had, uh, sent the, uh, clutch, uh, shipped it around and, and they all died in shipping. Um, so, um, there's, there wasn't a lot of people that were working with them besides Anthony, um, And uh, basically the wild caught uh, that I guess Gary was working with came from uh, a guy, uh, Tom Widener at uh, Habitat Systems, and the other one came from Bob Clark. Um, uh, So those are both very
5: possibly Bushmaster (laughs) snakes, you know, especially early days because those were real popular, you know. So, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, so those are F1 I mean, that's the thing, but they looked amazing. You know, that's is what could be done, you know, that that's oh right?
1: Yeah, and, um, you know, that was one of the things because the gold, the yellow, whatever you want to call it, and to me it was about the contrast. It wasn't really about, like, you know, when we say yellow, I'm not talking about, like, yellow in a jungle. Um, it's just the contrast with this yellow, black, chestnut, khaki, I don't know, like that palette just, it made it pop to me. And, uh, you know, I was hooked. Um, so, uh, I, <clears throat> that's where I, I kind of got some animals from, um, uh, Luke, uh, that came from a pairing that he did, um, was, uh, Gary, a GQ line and, uh, Anthony outcrossed it and made uh GQ, what I call GQ outcross, um, and then I bred it with a uh, Pen line, which and Michael Pinnell uh, is also known for IJs as well, which people don't know. Most of them know First Coastals, but uh, he also works with IJs. But uh, his IJs came from VPI. Um, I'm not really sure where they got them from. Maybe you know, Rob?
5: Yeah, I think that stuff was all wild stuff. And I would assume, you know, Cameron was bringing most of that stuff in. So they were probably getting wilds from Cameron and starting that in their own direction would be, I don't know that, but that's, I think that's a pretty safe assumption.
1: I would agree. So <clears throat> one more person that I'm going to hit on, uh, back in the early days of IJs is probably the one that probably did the most work that I've seen to date with selectively breeding, um, IJs. And that would be Yasser at Spitfire Reptiles. Now Yasser worked with a group, um, Uh, of of animals um all selectively bred i would say probably his most famous uh animal is poster child and poster child is uh is basically an animal she was a wild called ij um and she only ever produced two clutches uh a pure ij clutch uh which was in 05 and um he bred her to a, a VPI uh, IJ uh, named Herman, and um, then he also did a IJ Jag clutch. Which <laughs> today, <laughs> especially on this show, would probably be sacrilege. Maybe I don't know. Some people may be okay with that. Some people not. Um, but uh, back then, that was like you know you were trying to breed IJs into into it. I mean Jags into everything. Um, and everything, uh, and Bullwinkle is an IJ jag. So that would probably uh, be one of the reasons why everybody was trying to chase that. But um, you know, the PC is uh, uh, you probably heard me say that you've probably seen other people say it, but um, I'm going to post a picture of a PC animal over in the chat. So you get an idea and I put this in the outline. Um, So just so you could, uh, you know, Uh, see what I'm talking about but uh, give me a second and we got Terrell I think he's on the line here now so we're going to click him on real quick.
0: Hey Terrell. How you guys doing?
1: Pretty good man how are you?
0: Good good thanks for having me back.
1: Yeah no problem man. So as I sit here and try to pull this picture up uh, I'm curious what is it about IJs that you like man?
0: Uh, The same with all of you, it's the color palette. When you actually see, you know, an IJ shift colors one night and then the next morning it's a completely different animal, there's really nothing in carpets that beats that to me. And I've had mostly everything now, and that's still my favorite look.
3: Yeah,
1: I agree. All right, so here we go. MP chat, here you go. Get ready. That is a PC IJ. Totally crazy. All right, so, <clears throat> um, so the only one that's really working with the PC line that I'm aware of um, is I have one, and Aaron Way has a group of them, and there was another somebody that was working with them, but I think he is out of the hobby at this point. So, um, you know, the PC. The one that stood out about the PC line is uh, basically it has this hypo look to it. Um, It's just crazy uh, how friggin' awesome it is. Unfortunately, there's, they've been, they've been proven difficult to breed. I don't know, you know, what that's from, uh, but uh, Aaron, Aaron seems to have hit it a few times. Uh, There's a few other people that have done some, you know, not pure PC line, but some crosses. Um, I have, uh, PC and pen and PC bell line animals and then straight PC. So there are some of those animals out there and they sort of do have that same color, but uh, not as crazy as just seeing pure uh, poster child animals. But uh, so I don't know, maybe you guys can talk about some of the lines that you work with Uh, Tony. What, what are you working with? Like, are you a bloodline guy? Are you just going off a certain uh, look or what, what did, how did you amass your, ij collection
2: i've kind of got a big mix um, okay hannibal was really what the ij the first real like the online ij that i saw that just I, that was the selling the final selling point for me i mean he definitely that was definitely a the color palette that that had and then the color like the, the variation from what a normal ij looks like to that is really what sold me on that but uh, currently in my collection, I've got a little bit of a lot. <laughs>
3: I've got <laughs> a couple
2: farm, the farm hatched um, slash wild caught that came in. I've got a pair of those. I've got um, a granite male from Precision Reptiles okay. or um, one of their their beginner, one of their first males. Uh, I've got some some babies that I produced from that with a bow of cabana that I held back. I've got uh, a pair from Chris. So that's the like Hannibal, GQ, VIP, and Het Granite stuff that he produced.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, okay.
2: So I've got a pair of those. I've got, then I've got a couple, I've got one Leary line female that I ended up picking up from Nick that he was selling. And then I've got actually another one, a sibling on the way after the season, after the holiday's over and it's safe to ship again uh, And then okay. from that I've got the, and then the last ones that I really got are the Tiger IJs um, I picked up a, two pairs of those and then I've got the Tiger IJs and then the questionable or what's supposed to be uh, the green IJ from Star Python but it's likely a cross
1: yeah we, I was going to hit on that at some point but uh, you know um yeah there's that's that's one of those
2: questionable ones but
3: still man yeah, they're that, really, <laughs> they're really cool
2: <laughs> oh it, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful exanthic either way a beautiful snake it's definitely got the color palette but the size of it makes me question and then i mean for me it's just i represent it as it was sold to me so i like right. it either way um claim it as a green exanthic green IJ but that's one of those that I completely understand where people have questions on it so when I bought the snake I wasn't committed to 100% this is guaranteed deal it was one of those I like the snake for what it is so
1: right and they're pretty hard to come by here in the states I I think you might be the only guy that I know of that really has them right
0: Um,
2: from what I'm aware of but um, I have no idea.
3: I mean, <laughs> you know. the only
2: one. It's the only one that I've seen. But I don't know if he started changing the name on what he sells them as just to hide it or what. Right, so, right. Uh, I I don't know for sure what the deal is. But this is probably well. Last I heard from him, he had one other female, and then his ended up passing away. But he's produced crosses with her, so. With the the offspring in the past have been crosses, so he may still some of the exanthic stuff out there may be somewhat that that version or that line, but okay. as far as I'm aware, um, I don't think there's any straight from whatever this this line was in the states.
4: Right. Okay. Cool.
1: What about you, Terrell? What are some of the I what are you working
0: with? I work with a little bit of everything, except for I. Um, over the past few months, I've gotten rid of all of my IJ crosses. They're all as pure as I could find them to be pure. Um, there's some crosses that I plan on doing down the line, but for the most part, I have a little bit of everything. I usually go for looks with all of okay. my carpets, um, but there is some documented lineage to almost you know everything I have going with. All of the IJ stuff, and actually, I was telling Tony a couple of days ago, I sold pretty much all of my other projects to make room for more IJs. So almost no my whole collection is IJs now.
3: <laughs> wow, <laughs>
1: you're hooked, man! All right, that's cool. Um, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I I don't know, I, I you know, as of as of, I I think I don't know what you guys think, but I think that. Um, I think one of the things that uh, I think we have and uh, is obligation, the right word. I don't know. Uh, opportunity. Maybe that's a better word. Opportunity. Um, that's how I to, yeah. Because, you know, we hear, I mean, we've had guys like Nick and, you know, all these guys that have, you know, I think of Dennis and, and whatnot that were breeding, uh, you know, uh, Keith is another guy who was breeding carpets back in the, in the early '90s, you know, Rob, you probably remember some of those guys and some of those uh, sure. uh, people that were doing it. Um, but uh, really, didn't keep track of where the animals came from, the pairings, et cetera, et cetera. Um, here we have an opportunity to where we could sort of document that—that that, you know—and uh, where they come from. And uh, man, that would just be badass if we could kind of, you know, uh, just have family trees in this one. Uh, section of carpets that uh, that go way back, and years from now they'll be talking about uh, guys like us and 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 uh, you know the animals that we had. You know, it's just uh, I don't know. What do you guys think of that? I mean, to me it it just seems like a, a real cool opportunity
0: on these particular animals. What what's that? I said it's like hitting the restart button on these particular animals. Now we have a chance to kind of right some of the wrongs that have been around and start people off on a fresh take on these animals?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I think, uh, and I'm not saying that if you don't do document lineage or anything like that, that, you know, it's no good, but I'm just saying that it's just a really cool opportunity uh, to take advantage of. I don't know. It sounds like Owen's on the phone. Something's going on here. I, don't know. I think Terrell's <laughs> hearing a whole bunch of noise.
3: <laughs> um,
0: the dog's but, looking. Uh, I'm trying to feed the dog and talk. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, no worries.
1: <laughs> I'll just mute you in between, that's all. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. What do you want to jump into? What do you guys want to jump into? Tony, what do you want to talk about? IJs, What? What? what specifically uh gets you
2: going when it comes to IJs? It gets um size. I mean the size of them okay. for most carpets. The uh, coastals you got a pretty large and and I mean I own anacondas, yellow anacondas, so size. it's not that it's I need a small snake or anything, but it it's the ability to just look at them, um, have the size of an ij yet as you mentioned earlier that that head style that they've got with that size right um, you walk Mm -hmm. upon it and it's i mean they're coiled up and everything it's definitely an impressive snake and then again they've got with the size that they are and the color palettes that they've got it it, and they're i don't know they're easy to keep uh definitely like yeah they're color palette really and size just the impressive ability or right. impressive variation that they've got
1: all right well let's See? jump in and talk about the size a little bit like uh, so there's a paper uh, that came out um, I can't remember exactly when it came out uh, Daniel Natouche wrote it it was uh, it's called distribution ecology uh, ecological attributes and trade of Morelia spilota Harris and I um, so so there is some, I know, uh, I have to throw this out there because uh, Scott, Scott uh, contacted me sometime during the week and I missed his call. But uh, one of the things that uh, he was asking me was uh, basically, you know, should they be a subspecies? Uh, are they just another, you know, uh, version of a Cape York carpet? And uh, maybe we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, or maybe get what you guys think. Um, I mean, they're separated now you know but uh at one point they weren't so i think if they're related to any of the carpets from australia it would be uh the cape yorks in my opinion but i don't know so anyway in this in this study um basically um there was uh they collected uh, 247 carpets um,
3: i think that's what it was yeah
1: 281 locality records and two distinct populations uh, in Papua New Guinea and Indonesia. Um they sampled 104 individuals and they showed little sexual dimorphism in any traits although males appeared to grow larger than females despite females maturing at great lengths. Um average clutch size was 70 eggs um and their reproduction is highly seasonal and it uh, seems to uh, take place in um uh Well, hatching is in December and January, and we can get into that in a little bit. But um, when it comes to size, the smallest female, uh, and this was not on eggs, was basically uh, 4.82 feet. And the smallest male was three feet. Um, The mass of the largest male was about 3,000 grams, um, which shows that uh, the males may grow larger than females. So let me ask you guys this question. Have you ever seen, witnessed uh, any kind of combat in your IJs?
2: Maybe Tony? I've actually never combated any of never successfully combated any of my snakes. Um, okay. I threw two males together recently, and I don't know if I just didn't wait long enough, but um, I really haven't done the combating myself. Okay. I've watched right. it, and I'd like to do it, but it's just a matter Have of finding two males that are already breeding at the same time and wanting to put them together.
1: What about you, Terrell? Anything uh, as far as combat goes? Have you witnessed that?
0: The couple times I've done it with IJs, they really didn't seem interested in combating.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Now, typically when the males are larger, they usually do combat. Uh, I think in this paper it talked about combat is. Unknown in the wild, but there have been some observations in captivity. Um, you know, but that's I don't really know where that came from. Um, but uh, I'm just always curious. I have not witnessed it, I've seen it in other carpets and have done it uh, most of the time by mistake. Um, I don't know <laughs> if you guys have, <laughs> have fallen, uh, <laughs> victim to that crime yet, but, uh, you know, uh, missex carpets, uh, have come up, Rob, have you ever
5: witnessed that or had any experience with that? No, I don't think so. I was trying to think back through that. Well, I've tossed two, two male olives together, but that, uh, you know, I was just expecting that. And then I tried to pull them apart real quick, you know, cause those, <laughs> those get a bit more vicious than the carpet stuff. So, um, I think in that, I don't think I have, So that's really interesting. I didn't know that IJs or there was some question whether they would do that or not. I I wasn't aware of that at all. Yeah, yeah.
2: My one attempt was with three IJ males, and I got nothing. One of them is (laughs) a definite breeder. He's already he's already been breeding this season. The other two are just they're smaller because I don't really grow most of them very big. But
3: right,
2: one of them is they're both actually two of them were breeding, and. Nothing, but I've got, I had three males thrown in one big four-foot enclosure to see how that went, and I, they ran away from each other. That was about the extent of it. Okay. Huh.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess, I, I mean, some carpets don't do it. Uh, I guess these may maybe one of them, uh, you know. I, I don't know. It seems that, uh, I mean, it's just the three of us, but or four of us, but uh, the three of you guys are basically saying the same thing that I'm saying. So I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think, uh, let's see what else. Is so hatching season seems to coincide with the onset of uh summer monsoon, uh, which would, uh, basically benefit the hatchlings. Um, uh, the thought is, is, uh, increased prey activity and, uh, sure. would promote water retention in eggs, which lead to bigger hatchlings and more vigor, you know, um, yeah. So,
5: you know, um, the one thing that I
1: thought well, was odd is – uh,
5: yeah, go ahead, man. Just because you had put a pin in this one, and, you know, I don't know if you want to talk about it later, but I think you're the one amongst us who owns Cape York carpets at this point. You know, you tell me. I'm very curious. I, I don't have a take on that because I haven't held a Cape York carpet. So what's uh, – you know, whether we're talking about the ones from uh, – oh, from derek or the uh the the uh what's that locale that you just picked up
3: oh the archer river stuff
5: right yeah yeah what either either of those things either the Derek ones that were thought to maybe be that or the Archer river stuff <laughs> so the ones from Derek are kinda are 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 definitely weird
1: um so they're they're like one of those ones that uh, don't necessarily have
3: uh,
1: a trail. And Terrell, you've had these as well. I don't know if you still have them. Do you still have those ones? Or did you get rid of them? The KP, or I should say the New Guineas. Or, yeah, New Guineas from Derek.
0: I don't have lose? them anymore.
1: Right. Okay. But you've worked with them. Yeah, so you, I, I mean.
0: Yeah, I did. And they're definitely unique, and they do remind me a lot of IJs. I just don't have them currently.
1: Yeah. I mean, their head is different. It's a little bit different. It's, they, they seem longer. And then I also have the Nova Guinea carpets, which uh, they are definitely different. Um, they have – think of it like this. Think of a water python's head and think of an olive python's head, right? And that's kind of the difference. Sure. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense to people, but that's that's what I would equate it to. Um other than that, they pretty much look the same, you know.
4: Hmm. I don't
1: think they look the like What is Darwin the thought
4: conference. process on those?
1: What's that? The Cape Yorks from uh, uh, or I no, should say the, the New Guinea's?
5: Yeah, what is what is the the currently accepted thought process on those things to the extent there is one? <laughs> Whew.
1: It really depends on who you talk to. Um, so, you know, Derek says that he got the, oh man, I'm going to butcher this story cause it's been so long since I said it, but Derek basically, uh, picked them up.
5: Uh,
1: somehow the they guy who got them
5: from VPI, right? Something right. Like that.
1: And VPI had it labeled as new Guinea carpets. So, there was an article in Vivarium magazine that talked about sure. Erie carpet pythons. And in that article, they talked about uh, – it's actually happened in Philadelphia, but there was that big uh, big to-do with uh, <laughs> illegal uh, sure. Im- importing all of – All the other uh, stuff and the – yeah. Yes. Hank uh, and, all and, that. and Sure. So what they decided to do was sort of work around it because you still could get stuff from Indonesia. So instead of calling Cape York Carpets, Cape York Carpets, which would probably get you thrown in jail, they decided to call them (laughs) New Guinea Carpets. And that's kind of the story. Um, Now, the other ones, the Nova Guinea ones, which um, are said to uh, have come from somewhere um, on the northern side of Erie and Jaya, um, but nobody seems to have an exact location. So, whether that's accurate or not, they are from that island. Where on the island? <laughs> Nobody's sure. Okay. Um, sure. okay. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? No- I think it's not unrealistic to think that there's more carpet pythons on that island somewhere. I mean, it would seem kind of weird that they wouldn't be in my opinion.
0: I would have to agree with you on that. I found a
4: of one of my old ones,
0: so I'll post it. Okay, It's, it's cool. not
4: a really explored spot,
5: you know, for sure, and certainly there's the prey species. I guess it'd be a question of temps. We always think of IJ as being a little bit, uh, requiring a little bit tighter temp regime, right, than either other carpets or other snakes generally. Um, so I guess it'd be a question of whether you really hit those same temps, but I mean, you have condors on both sides and presumably that's from a founder pop that, you know, was sitting across that. And then either you're getting uplift, presumably that's what I would imagine, right? So this is all connected to Australia and then you're getting uplift. I don't know when those, when that, uh, central dividing range cropped up, but, and how old, you know, the proto species are. That would that would put them on both sides, but I can't really imagine, you know, the species that we see on both sides, with their differentiation having developed independently into those things, right? So there must have been must have been flat enough at some point, you know, to get them continuously across and then get them divided and have them separate further. So I think it's possible. And what's the uh, thought? Some people are staunchly against it, or at least people who haven't been over there, which is always funny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The experts, right? The people that boots on the ground. (laughs) They know best. Right. Uh, I
5: think. Well, the people who know best are the people who haven't put the boots on the ground. You know, that's at least the way it works on the Internet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so true. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, I don't know. What do you guys want to get into talking-wise? What do you want to talk about IJs? You know, let's, let's throw a topic out there and let's hit on it. You want to talk about breeding, morphs, natural history? Some of the selective breeding projects, keeping them.
5: Why yeah. Owen can't breed his, any of these things
3: are good. To <laughs> <play>. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> uh, we could talk Four about the morphs. since that's a short I guess.
1: Okay. Um, so what? There's basically three, right? So there's three, well, I should say. There's two that are uh proven and one that uh two and one pending. Uh, yeah, one pending. Um I have a potential fourth one pending maybe? I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh so, <laughs> you as well? Possibly. Yeah. All right. So that would be five, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Um probably the most famous one are the granites. Um so let me paint a picture back about two thousand nine. Um, granites kind of got a bad rap because they were being born with no eyes and they were all jacked up. And basically that has been, uh, proven to be, uh, just inbreeding. Um, uh, they were first produced in 2001. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, they went to Germany, uh, they went to Sweden and there, and there was a third person that had them. um, But uh, I know a lot of people were thinking they went to John or Jan, Eric, uh, but they didn't. Um, Let's see. So they were born in 2001, um, and I think they came from – they were imports. uh, They didn't produce any granites in the first clutch, uh, so there was a lot of possible heads floating around. And um, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Pete? Be it, <laughs> uh, produced the visuals and, um, uh, a few people bought the normals and produced visuals, uh, not long after that. And then you started seeing them pop up. But, um, I think, uh, in the first original pair, um, there was two normal looking imported IJs that produced a clutch and there was four of them were granites. So I don't know. Do you guys all have granites? Do you, Tony, do you have granites? You work with granites, right?
2: Yes, I work with granites. I've got a couple. Um, I think I'm sitting on three granite IJs now, and then a handful of heads. Gotcha. Okay.
1: Hats you produced?
2: Uh, yes.
3: <laughs> cool.
2: Yeah, I've got I've got a handful of heads that I produced. Um, when I got into Granite, I, I got into Granite and then heard some of the horror stories, and then as I heard those horror stories, I kind of decided I was going to start as close to the problem as possible just so that I could uh, firsthand see it and then be able to judge as the projects progressed and the years went by and... Um, I started producing the projects and going out and extending those projects. I could see the the improvement over the years. Um, so I started with basically as close as I could find to the original lines that were still from people breeding head to head and visual to visual that they got from the same breeder, okay.
1: So, when it comes to the i mean like what's your plan as far as taking that project into the future
2: uh, I've got a couple different directions right now that's kind of what I got most of the uh or i've got the um uh, the wildcat pair for. is i want to kind of
3: okay.
2: do like a lot of I'll do like a lot of people that are that are even working with the granites and just kind of introduce that wild caught line just to give it some new some new blood into it and then outcross mm-hmm. um, as much as possible. And then with still getting that granite. And then as the years go on with that kind of focus or drag out the different color palette for different um, granite palette or granite variations for that pattern and the color in them.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a lot of potential when it comes to them. And uh, I've seen, I think, it's Terrell. You, man, you have that crazy looking granite, don't you?
0: Yeah, I do own one visual that hasn't lived with me in years. She's at Tony's house, and I have three. I have, live mine.
3: That...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have one head that he produced and then two pot pets.
1: Okay. You mean you actually yeah, got a snake
0: one. from him? <laughs> yeah, I'm one of the only people that actually has a snake from him. I feel like it was he was trying to like smooth me over with keeping my granite for so long. <laughs>
2: there
1: you go. Cool. I just posted up a, a collage of some uh different uh IJs over in the chat for people that are following along. So where are you taking the project, Terrell? Where do you wanna go with granite?
0: Um like Like Tony, so when I got into carpets, my first one was a jungle. And then Uh I've known Tony for a long, long time, before I even had snakes. And he was just getting into the carpet things and really getting uh, his IJ projects going. So I went over to his house, and I saw my first IJ, and I was like, I have to have have one of these. And at the time, he was working with uh, mostly granite stuff. So he had told me about all the stuff going on with granites. And then for a long time, I kind of stayed away from buying any or any hats. And then the girl that I have now that he could post a picture of, I don't actually have any from recently. Um, April had seen that girl at a show and she was labeled as not eating. And at a really ridiculous, like you guys would be mad at how much I paid for that snake. But (laughs) She saw her and I was like, well, that's a really weird-looking granite compared to all the stuff that Tony was working with in the pictures I'd seen. So uh-huh. I bought her, and then um, I started working with Tony about you know how we wanted to outcross and get in on some of the import stuff and introduce new lines and keep that project going. So it was more to help him with his project that I got into all the IJs that I have now, but they turned out to be my favorite, so that's where we're at now.
1: Cool yeah I mean I think it's uh it's a pretty cool uh you know morph uh for sure in my opinion um, I think that uh, there's tons of potential so there was a guy I don't know if uh, I can't remember his exact name, but uh, he had this one called the Viking Line, and uh, basically he was the only one that I knew of, and this was probably back in 2012. Uh, he's out of the hobby now. Rob, you might remember. His, you remember the ones I'm talking about?
3: Yeah. So Rob. it was what? Viking <laughs> Reptilian? Right? Yes. Um,
5: yes. It was a guy who on the name? East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. It was from what New he would Yorker. go to the New York shows, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I
5: can't remember his name. I'll
1: anyway, think about it. Uh,
3: yeah.
1: Yeah. Luke Snell had picked up a granite from him. And actually that ended up in Julie's collection Pete and people Downing. may know that's it. Yes. Pete Downing. Um, people may know that granite as uh pool boy <laughs> um, and uh, amazing animal. Oh my God. It actually won the first Morelia Python radio calendar
2: contest uh, for Morelia of the year. Um and uh I beat to with my Johnny Blaze. Ah. Yes, it did.
1: <laughs> Owen was <laughs> not happy with that one. Uh, but uh I was in my glory for sure. Um but uh yeah, I mean there's so much potential. I mean you could take it and you know, with some of the animals that are, are a little bit on the brighter side, you could uh, selectively breed to to lighten up the, the granite look, you could darken it up. To me, uh, the win, the, the one, one combo morph that just totally blew me away is the Xanac granite. To me, that's just a creme de la creme when it comes to carpet Python morphs. I don't think you can get any better yep. than that, in my, in my opinion. Um, I don't know what you guys think, but <laughs> Holy shit. When I, when I saw that posted up for the first time, it blew my mind. Uh, and just made me want to work with IJs even more. Um, so I think I, I got to try to find a picture of that so I can put it over on the uh, on the chat so people know what I'm talking about. Which I'm assuming everybody would have seen it at this point, but you never know. Um, yeah, I'm any also of you got... that. Likewise, <laughs> what about you, Tony? I think you are too, right?
2: Oh, I'm chasing that. I've been chasing it now. This year will be my third year trying to get a clutch. Um, first year I got a clutch of double hats, so um okay i'm chasing producing my own, but yeah that that combination itself is i think just cleans cleans it up, and just the contrast on it is pretty stunning yeah i would I would agree
1: um so you're at the double hat see i haven't even haven't been able to produce um, produce
2: one yet. Oh, both of mine are
3: males. (laughs) Son of a bitch. You didn't give me one.
1: (laughs) Wow. Isn't that always the way? Um, Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to. I can't find a picture of it. I can't
0: believe I don't have a picture of it. I did of Doll's exhibit, granite. But I don't think I have it anymore.
1: Anyway, I'll try to find it. I don't want to spend the whole show looking for a picture, but um, I guess that would lead to the next morph. That's uh, that's pretty known as uh, the Exanic IJ. Um,
2: that's
1: I remember that popping out about you know um, maybe 2012 something like that. That was over on MP. It was kind of this thing where people thought they were crosses, and uh, I don't know. This is the information that I got, so I'm gonna. I'll read it down, but, um, they were from Poland. Um, but not from the guy that most people think, uh, the guy selling them initially did not produce them. He was simply trying to flip them. Um, he was not upfront and about, uh, the fact that he did not produce them. Um, and you know, basically that led to some of the, uh, question the purity of, of them. Um, there's, of course, always more to every story, but that's uh, basically all that was said on it. Um, and then there became this uh, speculated idea that, uh, that somehow that they bred the coastal exantic into an IJ, and that's kind of what they got. Uh, there's no evidence of that. Um, there's not really any proof that they're pure, um, but, uh, I mean, when it comes to these things. I guess proof rarely is a hundred percent. Um, you know, but uh it's very doubtful that uh that's a cross. Um basically it comes down to the timeline of the events and the two lines um and knowing who had what and if you followed it, uh it would be very difficult to see any kind of scenario where the two uh were related. Uh I remember when Paul first bred uh the two together Um, he bred a coastal and an, and an IJ together. Uh, the hope was that if the lines weren't compatible, that it would prove that, um, they were not related. However, they were (laughs) compatible. Um, but that still doesn't prove that, uh, that it's a cross. In my opinion, I don't know what you guys think, but they don't look like crosses to me. Um, and there's some there's still some uh secrets to the story um, but uh you know for the most part it's pretty much uh understood at this point that 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 they're pure ijs um, and i don't know man they're the best in my opinion uh when it comes to exanic just even that the i think it's the color palette of the ij color palette of the coastal but um they're just killer man. I don't know. Do you guys have Xanax? Do you work with that? I'm assuming you do since you're making uh Xanax granite heads.
2: Tony, you yeah. have yeah visuals? I've got I've got one one visual and then I've got a head. Or then I've got a few heads. Okay. Um, but yeah, well, definitely definitely one that uh, has a lot more color to it even as an exantic.
1: yeah let me ask you this I mean what are your thoughts in, as far as when you look at it
2: as opposed to
1: um, I don't know if you work with coastal Xanax or if you've seen them or
2: you know I've seen or, a few just the ones at the show but I, okay. I don't have any and I don't work with any
1: okay all
2: right, Terrell. Yeah, they what's are your more, thoughts? Oh, go ahead. They are more what? Uh, it's they're more of a black and white kind of palette, whereas yes, these ones the the IJs tend to have. It looks like there's still more uh, either a yellow or a reddish tint to it slightly, so it kind of reduces the saddles themselves more than anything.
1: Right. They look. They look almost like. Uh ghost ball python ish to me more so than with the coastal um i have both and i think that like you know when you see an exanic coastal impressive they're nice animals no doubt but it's like the ij exanic has sort of a glow about it in my opinion that's what i've seen i don't know terrell what about you do you work with visuals hats what
0: uh, I have a visual Coastal Exantic. I mean, like you said, it's it's a nice-looking snake, but when I first saw my first visual IJ Exantic, I really can't see how you beat that with a Coastal. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Coastal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love, love I love Coastals. That's what I started <laughs> right. with. But it's it's just a better look on an IJ to me.
3: Yeah. And especially
0: in, when you have the Xanthic and granite <laughs> together. And I know why you like them, because it looks like a salt and pepper inline. But it just
3: <laughs>
0: it's, it's a ridiculously cool snake. Like it doesn't look real. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: it's pretty badass, man, for sure. And I would imagine seeing it in imp- I've never seen one in person, but I would bet that if you seen that in person that would turn people's heads. Um it almost reminds me of like like a skeleton type of look to it you know like it's just i i, I don't know how to explain it and put it into words but that's what it reminds me of it's just it's you know that you know that picture of uh oh, who the hell was that that dressed up like the the uh the bone guy from new guinea and he did the picture with his bolins oh, You remember honey. that Evan, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how that look is? Like, it's kind of the black on the white, you know what I mean? Like, he's wearing a black bodysuit, mm-hmm. the white bone. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. Rob's over there cracking up. <laughs> he's joking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> am I going to have to put you on mute, Rob, or what? Um, nah, I got myself up <laughs> easy, man. I'm cracking up over here. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think of Exanic, Rob? Have you seen them? I guess you saw mine, right? Um,
5: did you? Yeah, I saw yours at your spot. I mean, they're cool, and they definitely. I mean, I know we've talked about this before, and you alluded to it before. You know, it's just that, just the fact that you. It would have been great, you know, to put the stuff to bed if they had been different. Uh, if they hadn't been compatible, right? If they had been different, uh, actual mutations in different parts of the chromosome, so that you know, they wouldn't line up, and you get normal, normals, you know, normal double hats instead of getting visuals out of that breeding that Paul had done. But, you know, that doesn't really mean anything, particularly in these closely related species. I'm with you. I think they're pure, man. I don't, uh, you know, people are going to fuss about, people fuss too much about all this stuff. And certainly they're going to fuss about this. And usually that fussing is accompanied by a vested interest. So, no, I'm with you. I think the facts check out. And certainly it looks different, as you guys have said.
0: Right. Yeah, so...
5: So, yeah, I mean,
1: that's a recessive gene. I should uh, Actually, both of them are recessive. We didn't hit on that. The granites and the exanics, they're both recessive. <clears throat> and then it, we come to the tiger IJ. So there was a lot of drama associated with this. I don't know if you guys remember this, but <laughs> holy shit, there was drama behind the tiger IJs. But when they first popped out and you saw that, like that wide backstripe on those animals, I was like, freaking blown away. They were like goddamn, they were some of the most amazing animals I've ever seen. Um so basically they originated with Bob Fudo. Um uh, father and son bought a pair of them, bred them. So there was some speculation that it wasn't genetic because there was an incubation mishap. Uh and it cooked the eggs for a bit. Um some came out striped and some were like crazy striped. Uh, Jason Balin ended up with a male. He sent it out on a breeding loan to uh, Eric Kohler. Um, they didn't breed the first year. The second year, Eric only got one egg, um, but it was uh, it was real. It was striped. Uh, and then the second breeding, he got four point two. I'm assuming that's where you got yours from, Tony, from Eric.
2: Uh, yes. Okay. I got him right, from him cool. this recent this recent year. So, let
1: me. I mean, I I've seen some of the pictures that he's posted, but what's the stripe like as far as in you know?
2: These ones are tiger IJ from a breeding that he did with the tiger IJ to an outcross. So to uh-huh. I believe it was a wild caught. I have to double okay. check. Um But he didn't breed it. It wasn't a tiger to tiger clutch. Okay. Uh, But the striping on it is not completely striped. The color palette is definitely a lighter color. I kind of got a mix. I've got two that have really, really nice stripes on them, and then two that are more um, almost a broken banded kind of look to them. But they all have what appears basically dorsal stripe what i would consider basically a dorsal stripe indicator that it could be connected with enough breeding or with another long, another year of breeding they all have instead of all banding they've got patterns in between where a few a few dorsal areas will connect and then there'll be a band through it and then a few more dorsal areas connect
4: gotcha
1: so <clears throat> how i got into that project um Mike Curtin had an animal. Um, uh, Mike Curtin was one of the other guys that, that got a pair of those. Um, and he sold the pair. I don't know where the, I think the female went to Eric Kohler and I got the male, um, uh, which is breeding as we speak. Uh, I'm breeding it to a GQ animal, uh, which has some pretty good striping. Uh Cool enough, it's actually an animal I produced. Um, so, I'm, from my very first clutch of carpets, uh, so I'm pretty happy about nice. that. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it's come full circle <laughs> for me, at least <laughs> for that pairing, <laughs> uh, which is always cool when you're breeding your own animals. Um, and uh, I don't know, I, I think that there's a lot of potential with them as well. Um, I know Steve Katz, he has some crazy striped animals. Um, that he's probably well, used some, some pictures stuff.
5: of some but you got me sitting here in the stew pot and you're not uh and not posting up those pictures, man. You can post out all those striped ones that I picked up. You know I believe in the tiger thing just because of the propensity for striping. And
3: Okay
5: uh, You know, the other the other key thing with the Tiger I J is that so you got those striped animals, you had some super crazy striped ones and then you had some that looked super normal. Right? And if it was an incubation temp thing save for having eggs in different spots in the box and all this stuff you'd expect it to be sort of a a gradient right or them all to have some similarities you wouldn't expect to see oh if it was just a temp spike thing to have some that looked super normal that would be weird relative to that so i think that that kind of cuts against that idea between that and their tendency for striping i'm on board man you're going to make some neat stuff cool
1: yeah i'm i'm pretty uh I'm trying to find the picture. Oh, here we go. Here we go, Rob. I couldn't post it from the thing you sent me, but I got it now.
5: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
6: Wow.
1: <laughs> that's, that's a pretty cool. Uh, this one is pretty. Uh, is pretty wild. With I think this there's a couple
5: spread. there, man. They're, you know, just where you're seeing. I think it's a relatively normal thing for them. You know, that's. It's just not, not that out there. Although I, I did think those were all really nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's some cool ones in here. Well, and then, uh, so that's the tiger IJ. Um, and then there was, well, back in the day there was this motley IJ that Anthony Caponetto produced, which kind of had this crazy puzzle pattern. Um, and that came from Hannibal and, uh, I think it was a wild caught, um, Damn. But, uh, in 2006, he produced the small clutch. Uh, they were a Barron pattern IJs, um, which he kind of called Motley. Um, and they had like this puzzle pattern. The parents were both, uh, IJ, Hannibal, uh, which we talked about earlier, he's another one that was, uh, he's a perfect example of what I was talking about with that head, I don't know if I can post that, share that picture, but, um, it's got that white on the, on the, like the, the, the heat pits. And it's got like little black etchings or like right in the grooves. And like the head is just so chunky. It's just so freaking cool, man. Unbelievable. But with that one in particular, um, they kind of thought that it kind of looked like a platinum ball python, which I don't even know what the platinum
5: morph is. What the hell is a platinum morph, Rob? So that was the original snake that produced the lessers, and then they had to take those non-lesser, normal-looking oh, ones, breed those like the together. the
2: daddy Gotcha.
5: The blatty daddy yeah. So it was originally just called the platinum before he had first produced those lessers. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that's kind of a – I don't
1: know if I can share it. Let me see if I
4: can share that over there. No, I can't. Damn it. So that's the motley. Can I do it? No, can't do it. Damn it.
1: So, um, and then (laughs) I'll talk about my project. And uh, as far as Melanistic uh, goes, I have a Melanistic IJ project. Um, People all would know the uh, founder of that as Poison Ivy. Uh, Unfortunately, Poison Ivy passed away because she had – retained eggs. And, uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, it was a mess. I, I think somehow she internally tore something, uh, something like that, but really, uh, was a sad day for me. Fortunately for me, I was able to make a clutch with her and, uh, those animals, all of them, all 10 of them are still in my hands. And the cool thing about them, what I'm seeing is as they grow, they become darker and darker and darker. So the backstory on those, just so everybody knows, um, they were, uh, from some wild caught, um, animals. Um, and basically, um, Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Holy shit. I can't believe I'm screwing up my own story. (laughs) Uh, what the hell is his name? God damn it. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe I'm forgetting the guy's name. Uh the one that's not written down. Yeah.
2: I see? That's I, it. I undocumented.
3: Need... <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm trying <China. laughs> to
1: Yeah, right. Uh let's see, here we go. Uh so
3: <clears throat>
1: I got the story right here. So, um, they were originally bought from a guy, uh, named Tim Fraser, and they were wild caught and they were dark. Um, and, uh, uh, he would periodically show them off. Uh, and, and the female in particular was insanely dark. Um, and, uh, he wanted to really breed dark IJs and dark jungles. Um, so he had these two groups that were going, um, he got a clutch out of them and held them back for several months, but none of them turned dark. So he just wholesaled the entire clutch to Anthony Caponetto. Um He did uh, have to, basically he uh, sold them to Anthony Caponetto, who ended up going to uh, this guy Kurt, uh, who is where I got poison Ivy from. Um, so we were able to trace that all back uh, and uh, and get it, but I still don't have a guy's name. Jake Milbrat. How the hell could I forget his name? God damn it.
5: <laughs>
3: Terrell so and are you... I are sitting
5: here going, yeah, I know, but I'm not helping you, buddy bear. This is your story. Oh, you yeah,
3: know? Yeah. Uh, oh, you guys, yeah, guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> you guys suck.
1: Owen, oh, I miss you, buddy. <laughs> 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 one oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, wouldn't let me hanging out there. Oh my God! Uh, we
5: just took a page uh, from Omax's book, man. His Sasquatch <laughs> book. <laughs>
1: so, uh, so yeah. So uh, he basically sold those out. Now, my theory is is that there's quite a number of animals. Well, I shouldn't say quite, but there's like maybe f- three or four animals that are very similar looking to poison ivy that are out there floating around. If I were to there's guess, four currently. By my four, right? So if I were to guess, my guess would be that they were all from that same clutch, and somehow they dispersed throughout uh, because nobody kept track of them because, like I said, they were wholesaled out as a, as normal uh, IJs because when they were born, they were normal. Um, so I can't really speak on whether it's genetic or not, but apparently uh, it could be selectively bred – at the least, um, because the animals I got are super dark and are super different than any other IJs that I have. Uh, so that's my like main IJ project, I guess. And that's why I held back the entire clutch for exactly the reason why, uh, I, uh, lost, um, poison ivy but I specifically bred her to a GQ animal which was high yellow super light no black on the animal at all because my thinking was is that if I bred it with a dark animal then I can't really prove if anything's genetic because what if it's just you know a polygenic thing or selective breeding type of deal and uh, wouldn't prove anything so I went totally opposite ends of the spectrum and it's so hard to photograph. I don't know. I can't, I can't seem to capture it. Um, but basically what's happening is every time the animal sheds, the darkness comes down along the saddles, the head stamp is completely gone. It's completely black. Um, and, uh, I don't know. They just get cooler and cooler. Now, poison Ivy had white underneath, um, her, her chin was basically, uh, um, was white, but everything else on her was pretty much black, except for a brown pinstripe down her back. I'm um, see if I can find a picture of her real quick to post over there. I'm sure most people have seen her at some point. Um, but that's my selective project. You guys got like a selective breeding project that you're doing?
4: I well, have and ideally, two. you're
1: going
5: to be following the uh, the regular corporate carpet morph morph. Uh, you know, dialogue, not like Eric and take it, make crosses with it first. You know, that's always a good plan. Oh, son of a bitch, Rob, I'm going to punch in your gut. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
6: I'm
1: going to punch you straight in your gut for talk like that, man. (laughs) Uh, But yeah. Uh, Wait, there she is on eggs. I don't know. What do you got? Who, Tony, you got any, uh, selective breeding projects that you're doing? What do you, what's,
2: what's, um, I'm kind of working with Terrell on something fairly similar to what you've got going on with the poison Ivy babies. Okay. Um, I bought a handful of babies and kind of just shipped them over to Terrell. So I haven't seen much of them, but he's been documenting everything and trying to, understand what's going on with that and then other than that uh, I'm mainly focusing on the selective breeding of the, the IJ stuff with the granite because I think that's got a lot of potential along with the intru- or the uh, just the, the pulling out the different colors in the IJs because like you had Poster Child was a pretty orange snake basically and then yep. you've also got a lot that are you got the the opposite end of the spectrum where you've got some that are just solid black or pretty close to solid black that have been floating around or that have been seen. And it's, there's such a wide range that you can kind of choose every pot, every project in that and kind of set myself up to try and work on a lot of different ones of those because the orange catches my eye, the neon oranges. And that's kind of why how Terrell's granite kind of got here is I just kept bugging him every week. How's this doing? How's this looking? How's this looking? And then he's kind of caught the dark stuff's kind of caught his eye. So I sent it all to him. So we kind of Mm -hmm. traded off because his projects kind of lined up with what I was looking at. And my project kind of lined up with what he was looking at.
5: Cool.
1: Yeah. I just posted poison Ivy up and,
2: uh, and you won't let any of those go. So, I mean, we had to go a different direction. Hell no, man. You pry them out of my dead, exactly.
3: dead, dead
2: hands. <laughs> I sent you a few messages for him and still waiting on that. No, <laughs> you know, no. and I talked about just sending money and then just waiting to the point where, okay, where's this stop?
3: <laughs>
1: um, so hopefully next year. So what was weird about that clutch is it was very male heavy. Um, but, that's good and bad in a way, I guess bad in a way that I won't be able to breed, uh, you know, a whole lot of, uh, male to females and, and, you know, that kind of deal. But there is a couple of females in there, but, uh, the one male, I thought he was going to be able to go this season. It's not quite big enough. Uh, he hasn't really shown any action, uh, but next season for sure, I'm going to have poison Ivy to poison Ivy babies. Hopefully, uh, Nice, And see what, see what that produces. So, and then, uh, I don't know, maybe take her in the exanic route, you know, something like that. See what happens there. That kind of, you know, those kind of things, uh, you know, I, I, who knows, but, uh, you know, sky's the limit when it comes to that kind of stuff, Rob, I couldn't, I just have to share like a picture of the picture uh, from your page because oh, I couldn't share You must have sharing capabilities off because you are unsharing type of guy, I guess. What the you heck, know man? It, man. <laughs> We're trying to share Damn stuff right. in this world. So this is a PC. Well, I just have the, uh... What? Go ahead. No, I was no, just, just going I just chat. have the
5: Chromebook, so I can't download it. So oh, whatever.
1: Gotcha. That wasn't
5: even the one I was thinking of, man. What are you doing here? Got me I just spots. tried to
1: find the one that was uh, striped, you know. That's oh a Lord. PCM that's the one pen. That was striped. Yeah,
2: is that the one so, you end up picking up, Hash?
1: No, no. Damn but it. the one from Hash looks very similar to that. Uh, that is a PCM pen. I picked that up. Uh, I did that in a trade, actually. Um, that came from
3: the trade. Shit.
1: Yeah. I traded, uh, I think a zebra for it back in the day in 2012. Uh, but I got a pair of those and a couple other jungles and whatnot, but that's a really killer, uh, snake. Um, and these are a couple other PC and these are PC bell animals, which they look very different now. These were when they were very young uh, but uh, they're more orange now, uh, as we think. So <clears throat> let's talk maybe about uh, breeding IJs. I mean, do you guys have any difficulty? Uh, I, I, again, honestly, I think they're the easiest carpet to breed. Um, they seem to go first in my collection. I've heard that from a few guys uh, that breed IJs. Um They seem to go, uh, like, right now, my pairs are locking up like crazy. Um, So, nice. What is this we're looking at, Terrell?
0: So, back to what Tony was talking about. So, these are part of the group that we had picked up, uh, six or seven. I'll post the the sevens in a minute. But uh, when I had started, I've done – so much scouring on the internet, looking for every mention of a black IJ. And I think it took, I don't know, two months, I think. I was talking back and forth with Tony, finding everything I could about, you know, people referencing, oh, well, it got, as it got older, it got darker. And so I started looking at who had what. And then um, there was a girl selling a group of IJs. And I had passed the ad a couple times because at the time I was looking for a lighter male for for my granite. And then I went back and she had, I guess the pictures had refreshed and one of them was like on any other IJ had ever seen. It actually kind of looks exantic. It's more black and white than any other color. So I had bought two males and then uh, I told Tony and then he bought five and was like I'm sending them to you to keep here. So I mean, periodically I'll send them pictures, and I just took all these right now, but as they've gotten older, the majority of them, some of them are already pretty much black, but the ones that are brown are turning more black. So it's more of like what you're seeing with the poison ivy babies. Uh Uh-huh. And it's more of just like over time, they're they're becoming darker with each shed, and it's becoming more, more vibrant black than any other color. Gotcha. Yeah, the black is pretty and then, solid. And then there's one, that, the original one that I had seen, he's just been black and white the entire time. He's never actually changed. And I think Tony took a picture of him when he was here to get his sides, but it's pretty much almost down to his belly, too. Where the where on IG, it's more of like a reddish-brown. That's like the only thing left and everything else on them is black, wow, that's
1: pretty wild, man now, see, so that's, with poison now, see with poison ivy, she doesn't really have that white in the middle, you know,
0: yeah, she kinda of yeah, solid black, different. so
1: that's yeah, that's a cool look, man,
0: Of course, I had um our friend Andy had this girl that he didn't really know what to do with. Um, She was an adult, but he didn't have any other IJs to pair with. Uh So I was like, yeah, I'll take her. And and we were talking about dark IJs, because I actually have two that are really dark. My first IJ that I ever had, I still have her. And as she's gotten older, she's nine now. She's pretty much just a dark snake. And then um, I got this female from her, um, because he's like, if you can use her, you know, use her, and I'll, I'll find a picture of her. But she resembles, out of all of them, the closest to Poison Ivy, except for she doesn't have the uh, stripe on her back. Yes. Yeah, but he just posted the pictures of the two, so that's the younger one and then her. And it's pretty apparent that there there may actually be two things happening here. There may just be a darker IJ and then an, a melanistic-ish looking IJ as well. Gotcha. Huh.
1: Yeah, that's cool stuff, man. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to yeah. to to tell us that's just like – I mean, we're looking at it and we're saying we're – I call it uh, – me and Rob have a joke about it, but like, you know, being able to see the potential in something, you know? So, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I bet you you've had people say, <laughs> oh, man, that's just a dirty IJ. you know what I mean something like that what are you talking about man you're just trying to point point something off as being a morph when it's not and it's like no man like you can see that there's like this potential and even if it is a selective breeding thing it's still man you know a couple years from maybe 10 years from now or whatever it's going to be a solid black IJ holy shit dude that's going to be crazy yep
3: <laughs> I'm yeah. excited.
0: That's really cool, I'll man.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: And I'll post I'll post this just cuz yeah, it happened on the day that we were talking about it, but yeah. Oh, cool. Wow.
1: Nice. Yeah, she that one is actually very similar to poison ivy except the he, it's like the head's different. Yep. The head you no, know, this animal looks like a lot of the babies from the clutch that I got from her. Like some of them have that head, and there's only two in there that are normal, which is weird. Like they're normal looking. They don't. They didn't really change at all. So I I I don't I don't know what that means, but
0: uh, yeah, I definitely think out. there's something there, but you know it's going to take some time to actually
1: work it, it through. So, we're, so the Panther Project, which was the jungles, turning out to be
3: bullshit, but the <laughs> IJ Black was right there on this carpet
1: python is where it's at. So, sorry, it's jungle It's easier to people. turn dirt
3: black. <laughs>
1: um. So, there we go. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Brandon said something like uh, the ivory brought up the ivory. So yeah, man. I mean, there's tons of potential. Whoa, Rob, look at this one with that. Finally, Rob put up some pictures.
5: Yeah, the one that's striped. <laughs> Jesus.
1: Yeah, that's pretty badass, man. Holy shit.
0: Tony actually produced one that's that striped, and he gave it to me like a fool. So <laughs> <sure> he <laughs> him gave it for that. to
3: you.
1: Oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. See, Tony, that's why I'm not giving you any poison ivy babies. You're not giving me any stripes, you know? <laughs> that's how it goes,
2: you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, cool, he didn't get, did get the better stripe out of all of them. I, ca- I held back one with a funkier color and pattern, and he held. He got the one with the better stripe. Now, every time I see it, I'm like, man, you got the good stripe. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
5: I like that contrast on that stripe too man that's really cool uh-huh.
3: yeah it's, that's yep, really way to sharp. go Tony
2: yeah good job Tony oh thanks <laughs> um, I'm the only one that's been <laughs> let go and I regret it already <laughs>
1: <laughs> see
2: <laughs>
1: that's exactly why um, I so,
2: fully understand <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, I think the thing uh, you know I, I don't know so when it comes to breeding these guys, like I said, I think it's pretty straight ahead. I don't really do anything, uh, very mild cool down. Um, you know, I think it has to do with the temperatures over in the area where they're from are pretty consistent. So it's not like there's huge swings, um, in, in temperature, uh, to where they're like cool down, uh, you know, extreme. Um, I'm not saying that they can't take that cold. I just, you know, it seems to me like, We make a joke about it, but if there's like a slight breeze in the room, you know, your IJs are going to breed, which I'm telling you, man, that's pretty goddamn accurate over here at this place. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As soon as the temperature dips below, you put two together, boom, it's locked up. It's time to go. Um, One of the, uh, you know, cool things about IJs, in my opinion, basically every clutch that I've done with, uh, IJs have been maternally incubated. I don't know. Have you guys done that as well?
0: I've done one maternal incubation with the IJs, and it and how to, it didn't go quite so well. But oh. I managed to save the babies once I took them from her on day 45, I think.
1: Okay. And you were able to save all the all the eggs.
0: Yep, all 13 okay. of them.
1: Nice. Okay, I would say that's about the average size clutch in my you know probably thirteen, maybe fifteen at max, but uh, I would say thirteen's a good average. Um, what about you, Tony? Yeah, that
5: seventeen you said in Natusha's paper seemed like a lot to me, man.
1: <laughs> well, remember that's a that was like he's talking about three thousand gram females. That's a yeah. pretty hefty, hefty snake. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, back in the day, they thought that they, that, you know, I, I, they, that they had to be huge in order to breed them similar to like what you would do with a jungle or a coastal, but, uh, that's not really
4: a hundred percent accurate in my opinion. Um, I think well, you certainly can keep not you
5: one egg clutches, right? You know, I mean, we've been <laughs> down
1: that <road>. Yeah, <laughs> but that was with a citrus tiger, man. Don't be pulling <laughs> the eye <IJs> into it. <laughs> 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 Nobody gets, yeah, yeah, I was like, what the hell, is it a chicken? I thought this was a snake. Jesus. This is nuts. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I got one egg from a citrus tiger. But my first clutch that I ever did was IJ's, and I did internal incubation, and uh, it was pretty badass. And, like, one of the coolest things is to see those heads popping out, um, you know, uh, from the coils of mom. And I haven't bred that female. That female was uh, actually produced by Michael Pinnell, um, and I'm breeding her again this year to a boa cabana male, uh, which I think will, will produce some uh, pretty, pretty cool results, and we'll see. Um, but uh, maybe you guys can talk about some of the breeding projects you're doing this year. What do you got, Tony? What, what's, what's, what's at the top of your list as far as breeding projects for 2018 season?
2: Um, I'm kind of, if it goes, it goes. If it doesn't, then it gets the year off. It's kind of the, it's the approach I took last year. Also, the uh, okay. main one, the one that I've seen recently, I mean, the first one that I'm seeing locks and it, it's my granite male. Um, so I definitely go with the, the idea that the IG definitely go first. <laughs> They're more willing to go right away. And I've got them. I typically have them go about this time of year. Also. But right. I'm working on um, Granite to Granite IJ, and then I've got my Granite male also going to um, an IJ female just to outcross a little bit more. Okay. And that's what I've got now. Um, I'm hoping to do the double heads again this year and try, try for the round three and give it one more shot and then move on from that project, whatever <laughs> I have produced as holdbacks. And approach it with it is maybe step back and take it another approach. Right. Um, But other than that, I'm kind of – I've got Terrell's granite here that I'm excited for. That's actually probably my most exciting project I'm working on.
3: Okay. Stressful, but
2: my most exciting just because the colors of the snakes. Again, the orange is –
4: why is it stressful?
1: You should be looking at all when you open it. I just that want to make sure I don't, want to,
2: I, don't want, I don't want anything go wrong
0: with that snake.
1: Oh, I got A lot of
0: pressure on you, man. A
1: lot of pressure on you.
0: No, no pressure at all. You know, yeah. just my snake, my favorite snake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, plus, the IJ community is looking like, come on, man. Produce, produce, produce from that thing.
0: <laughs> that thing yeah, is amazing. See, I'd, rather, I'd rather it all be on <laughs> you. I just funded it. You got to do all the rest of it.
3: <laughs>
0: you did the startup. <laughs> yeah,
3: <Exactly. laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. So what do you got, Terrell, besides your killer, I don't even know what you want to call it, melanistic project. I call Anything them the dark else ones? going on? The dark ones. I like it. Uh, um
6: they,
0: No, uh, other than, you know, what Tony's working on. I don't have any other ideas here. I sat out my old girl for this year. I might try something with her again because the first year I got a clutch from her, there was a couple babies that came out entirely black with very little banding, and then they ended up dying, both of them. So I might try that again with a new male because the male I had was really old, so it could have been that. It could have been her. I'm not sure. But I'll try that for next year. So other than the the one I just posted a picture of, that's the only IJs I'm doing this year. Okay. Okay.
4: All
1: right. You say that like what, you got some master plans on some other carpet clutches or what what do you what do you got cooking? <laughs>
3: um,
0: I have I finally uh talked Derek out of one of his adult African females so I have a male that I got from him a few years ago that looks to be Xantic I'm not sure but I mean he looks just like any other Xantic so I'm going to pair those together and then I have uh, two head albinos that he got from that came originally came from Wilbur that he sent here uh, last year to put the to oh, okay. male albino
3: so okay. I'm going to try cool. those
0: out Again, I didn't get anything from them last year, so I'm going to try again this year. And then I may have something else Brent? in the works. I'm not sure yet, um, but I'll, you know, if something happens with it, I'll post pictures of it. Gotcha.
1: The top secret project. I like those projects. They're very cool.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Leave people on the edge of the seats. Awesome.
0: Um, you know, if I fail, I just don't want to be like, oh, yeah, look, look what I'm doing, and then nothing happens.
1: <laughs> I gotcha, I gotcha, no worries um, So basically we have what, like 10 minutes Wow, that went quick I don't even think like we talked about anything It feels like we didn't talk about <laughs> God damn Yeah, there you go Wow Now what's the the granite, but what's the other one?
0: That is a mail that I got from um, Joe Bevington. He is... Okay. Damn it, you put me on the spot. Now I've got to look up his lineage. But he comes from uh, Kafka and some other stuff. Cool, I picked cool. him specifically because of the color to go exactly with her.
1: Kafka and Kabula?
0: I want to say Kabula.
1: Yes. That looks like one that I had from the same clutch. That that look. I think I posted it up, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, very cool. That uh, What's this next one we're looking at, Tony? Is that that same, one same by mail. itself?
3: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: That's the mail that he was talking about. Awesome. That's very nice. So you guys are like uh, West Coast IJ... Uh, uh, dream team
3: over there, West Coast uh, IJ-, IJ Collective or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Other than Chat, cool. I, I guess so. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, has a few IJs too. Yeah, he has Wiley cool will get
0: there. Yeah, he he uh,
1: <laughs> he definitely loves the IJs. That's for sure. Um It took a while to
2: sell him on them i've been convincing <laughs> Terrell. i took took a while to convince Terrell and then he got convinced and then, it Ter- and then it was selling then it was selling Riley and now we 're trying to sell Travis and everybody else yeah,
1: well, I feel like <clears throat> you know we didn't even talk about them that much uh, I mean we did, but we didn't but you know I hope people uh have maybe a new appreciation for i j s Um, I'll let you guys give your last round of thoughts of, you know, keeping them and (laughs) what you like, you know, that kind of stuff. So like, sell it good, man. I want to hear like passion on 11 when we're talking about these things, because it's hard to sell, you know, snakes that aren't screaming yellow and black, but I guarantee you, if you keep a few, you will be addicted. Uh, that you know you will right come on guys bring it home come on tony what do you got
0: (laughs) i absolutely
2: agree i mean every color palette you can make with between your jungle everything that's jungle to everything that's coastal that everybody's line breeding you can do everything in between and in between with an ij i mean i held an entire clutch back and just the variation between an entire clutch from sibling to sibling to sibling you've got everything there's right. you can pull oranges you can pull reds you can pull browns you want a dark snake you can go for that i mean i've seen igs that are literally the equivalent in color black and white contrast to or black and yellow contrast to jungles and then you've got the same thing as the uh different contrast with, that you see with the coastals so definitely a badass snake in a in a little package that works out real well and Beefy head to give you that intimidation, but great snakes to work with. They're not as snappy as was touched on before. They're naturally docile. Don't worry about much. They they offer a lot, and I truly believe that when you put the, the potential just with their color palette naturally, you start introducing that into the morph. you're going to pull out more contrast, more colors, you're going to get more variation, you're going to get a lot of pop. I mean, you mentioned that uh, Hannibal, or not Hannibal, um, Bullwinkle was a big catch for a lot of people, and I know a lot of us, that, especially that like the IJs, that was definitely an eye catcher for us, but you think about how many other Jags out there are that bright, you've got to introduce the jungle, but you can do that with the IJ also, and then you can get more of that saddle pattern and saddle variation, so I think the, the IJA potentially has a lot to offer. Just whether you want to go the morph route or you want to go the pure route, it definitely has the widest spectrum. Great snakes to own. And just can't go wrong. They don't take much to do. They're pretty simple to take care of, and at the same time, as you mentioned, they don't they don't take much for temperature changes. Slightest breeze, you can have something go all of a sudden if you're you're ready for it you can have breeding or you can walk away not looking to produce a ton but they do yield a smaller clutch you don't need a you don't need to power pack these things with food breed them you can breed them pretty easily and they don't need to be very big a small clutch is a blessing actually cuz then you can hold them all
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so true, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what better selection do you have if you produced it and you get to watch it grow you can decide do you want to let any go or do you want to just hold on to them all and then a couple years later when everybody else still wants them hey maybe i'll let this one go
1: right any comments on respiratory and ij's Oh man, come oh, on, yeah. Brandon! We're, we're we're like selling this, and now you're
3: bringing <laughs> up the <some laughs> respiratory. <recipes? laughs> oh, son of a bitch! Um, yeah,
4: that that ease of
2: fluctuation is a good and a bad
0: thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens. Yeah, it occurs probably more often than any other carbonite that I have. But temperamental, temperamental little guys. They're huh. really good to look at, though. <laughs>
1: I'd say my experience, so basically I'm looking at, I don't even know, like I said, 40 to 50 IJs and knock on wood, the only one that I've ever had with a respiratory infection was actually poison ivy. And uh, the reason I think that poison ivy got a respiratory infection was because when she was breeding with the tiger IJ that I got from Mike Curtin, he... You know, and hey, man, everybody makes their snakes the way they do. I just keep my males on the small side, and this thing was huge. (laughs) I mean, I I mean, like (laughs) Owen-sized coastal carpet. Uh, (laughs) So you can imagine how big this thing was. So putting it in there with her, I probably should have had a bigger. Uh, enclosure for the two of them, but he hogged the hot spot, and I think the stress of breeding um, really uh, put her into a respiratory infection um, and uh, she she pretty much came off of that uh, and you know was fine afterwards and uh, she bred again the following year unfortunately, that was the clutch that knocked her out but she didn't have a respiratory infection. So I, I think that was, other than that, I don't know. I, so do you guys keep it like your standard carpet Python temperatures? What are you doing as far as temperatures go?
0: Uh, for me, I keep them, especially right now, because I'm cooling my animals to breed them. Right. Uh The IJs are all the same temperature, uh, pretty much year round. I only started doing that, because at my last place where I kept all of my adult IJs was near the window. And I'm assuming the draft brought it on. But because all the coastals were fine, it was just the IJs that happened to be closer to the window. I uh, got a slight RI, so I took them to the vet and got it cleared. So ever since then, I've just kept them the same temperature, uh, pretty much the same year-round. Okay.
1: I. Uh, how about you, Tony?
3: Anymore?
2: I keep them the same year round and let the, uh, room shift affect everything. But I also have witnessed the, if the notice that things close to the uh, window, closer to the drafter, they'll take that they even with the heat panels or enclosure set up with one stable temperature, those slight changes can, uh, dra- can slightly affect them. Um, but moving that stuff away seems to be solving that problem and. Otherwise, eighty typically eighty-eight as a hot spot, and then run that, and then when winter comes around, shut the window in the room and let the natural room drop affect the enclosure as it is.
1: Um. So, so for me, I keep a little bit different. Um, when it comes to IJs, I think that they need to be kept a little bit cooler on the hot spot side um so i keep them at about 84 to 85 and then ambient temp is about 80 maybe and they cool down to well my snake room gets about 73 uh right now so i don't know if they need to go that cool but they're in the room and the other ones do so that's how they go and i i don't have I haven't had any issues knock on wood because now <laughs> oh shit. I just jinxed myself. But uh that's basically <laughs> how I do it and uh it seems to work. Um so I don't know. Maybe sometimes uh, you know, one of the things that like Luke and me talked about way back in the day was um, you know, when I went up to his place, uh we talked about that that Maybe he was, he's just started to lower his, uh, hot spot, uh, down because he was keeping it about 88, 90 degree hotspot. And, um, he just felt that that was too hot. And just by watching the animals, he felt that, that, I don't know, that that was wrong. So he adjusted it and then he seemed to have better success. So I just followed exactly what he did. And, uh, but here's the difference. We're on the East coast. He was on the East coast. You guys are on the West coast. So, you know, that plays into it as well. Um, uh, so I don't know. I
2: can definitely actually, I can definitely see that. Um, I've actually been running into a similar issue with my, basically my dialing in my hatchling rack with the (laughs) room versus my cages. I've in the last year, I basically took on making sure that I was going to swap everything out and slowly replacing all the caging and enclosures that I have with animal plastics and uh, upgrading all my thermostats and everything else. And I've kind of spent the year doing that and working on breaking it up into quarters or percentages to replace as we can do with the orders. Uh, But I've definitely noticed running those temperatures in the bigger enclosure, the longer tubs versus the baby rack, I've definitely been on that idea of, or that, that point of, can okay, maybe dropping the temperatures to see,
0: to help, or
2: to, to cut things. Cause I've been looking at it a lot lately and thinking that a lot of the same thing that maybe 88, even during summer or not summer during winter, that's, that's maybe running a hot temperature in there. And just because mm-hmm. they do, do uh, get a little bit of, more sensitive to stuff at least the baby rack versus the adults and stuff where the, the adults have more of a temperature fluctuation.
4: Gotcha. Right. Interesting. <clears throat>
1: so I don't know. That's uh, where What time is it? Yep. We're in uh OT now, so it's going to cut off uh, fairly soon, but um, I think real quick, uh, Brandon had mentioned to me that you guys wanted to promote your Southern Carpet Fest. Um, I, I don't know. Do you want to hit on that?
0: Terrell, go ahead. Terrell.
1: ahead yeah. Go
3: I'll ahead. I'll put Terrell. Brandon on. There
4: you go. Is, is Terrell there? <laughs> Brandon.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm here. You, oh, okay. Brandon, you live? <laughs>
4: Am I in?
1: You are in
4: What's going on fellas? What's going on man Oh my
1: What's going on We're throwing
4: a, We're throwing a party man
1: Okay <laughs> When is said party
4: be... Alright So we're talking um, What are we doing March April 28th I believe Is Carpet Fest date So April 28th to 29th, uh, we're going to go ahead and host it at my place. I live in Vista, which is just outside of San Diego. And uh, it'll be a good time, you know. We uh, we had a lot of fun at Travis's last year, and we want to kind of keep going with that. So we're going to do it closer to San Diego this season. And basically, it's just going to be a bunch of barbecue, a bunch of beer, and a bunch of bullshit. So I recommend <laughs> that you fly out for that. <laughs> and when <laughs> is it? When is it again? April, uh, we're doing a- April 28th. April 20. So, yep, yeah, April 28th is a Saturday and the 29th is a Sunday. So, uh there's there's plenty of places to stay uh in North County San Diego. So, there's there's some good hotels around here. Uh if you're a heavy drinker and you want to really live through the night, uh well, I've got room for probably 9, tenths. And maybe three or four, maybe five air mattresses. So just let me know if you plan on camping, because there's lots of camping space. And we're going to make a party out of it and have some fun. So I'm excited to host some Carpet Fest this year. Nice, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Uh,
1: I 428. Uh, I may be able to swing that. I don't know. My I, I started a new job, so... But I may be able to sneak away for the weekend.
4: We fell for your excuses last year. I'm not doing this another year. This <laughs> <laughs> sounds like
1: a lot of excuses. <laughs> man, if
0: I, don't,
1: if I don't keep my job, then I can't keep buying snakes.
0: <laughs> are, are,
4: are you a Monday through Friday guy? Do you have to work weekends? What are you doing?
1: Oh, hell no, man. I'm not a Monday through Friday guy. Uh, then I you'll have to work start weekends. selling
4: them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, this might be a good idea, guys.
1: You see why that's not working out. (laughs)
2: Uh,
1: So, all right, cool. Um. So, can I follow it somewhere? Do you guys have a Facebook page, or how can I?
4: It, it's it, we're it's in the works on that kind of. We're give us give us another couple of weeks, maybe another month, and and we'll have it followable, and maybe we'll revisit this again on the show. But yeah, we're not we're not quite there with it yet. We're in the early stages of the planning, but uh, it's happening, and we're doing nice. it. Nice, it's going to be a good time.
0: Okay. And we will awesome. have shirts again. Uh, I haven't picked a theme yet for this one. Well, we'll we'll get something going for that as well.
1: I think your shirt, uh, the one with the skull on it, like the Jurassic Park, is probably one of my favorite uh, Carpet Fest shirts. I really dig that shirt. That was.
0: Uh, I'm glad you like it. Cool... I actually owe Ian one. So I wish you didn't bring that up because he's probably gonna message me again.
1: <laughs> Damn it!
3: <laughs> Sorry Ian
1: No he won't listen to this This is about <laughs> IJ He only likes green snakes
3: <laughs>
1: These are the dirty brown cousins Of those things He, he doesn't want none to do with them <laughs> So uh, Alright guys um, I guess we're going to bow out for the night. Thanks for coming on and, uh, you know, hanging out while Owen's out watching star Wars, eating pot brownies or whatever the hell he's doing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, uh, you know, uh, what
5: would Jim say? What would Jim say about these pot brownies? Jim would probably fire him. (laughs) He
1: would have to become a YouTube sensation or something in order to, uh, make some money because he would be out of a job. Um, could you oh, see Owen as, of that, man. as a
5: YouTube so, guy? <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, speaking of that, you were you mentioned earlier that uh, Brian's thing finally went up, and I wanted to know if, you, if uh, you listened to it and if Matt and I were being jabrones in the background that you could pick up on that. I know he was showing me all these YouTube clips to make me laugh and stuff in the background. So there was one spot where I did hear somebody laugh,
1: I think, me and Owen kind of covered it up, but I heard it. But my favorite part of the whole <laughs> video is he put like these bonus clips at the end, and there's a shot where Owen's just like looking into the camera because what what he was doing is he was telling us to look in the camera as he was like you know kind of like eyeing it up for him. I mean, he was on the other end of the sure. camera and like setting it up, and then he did it to me. But Owen's face when he when he looks at the very end of the video and he's just like staring out in this space he looks like oh i cracked Uh up oh it's great i freaking love that shot i'm gonna like take a picture of that picture whenever he busts my balls or says ij sucks or something that picture's going live on
3: uh, on the mcr
1: chat feed and all that stuff but uh no, that that was a cool thing, man. I really I really dig that guy, Brian. Uh, you guys probably know him right there, out on the West Coast. Yeah.
6: Yeah, Came really to the last there.
1: carpet fest, right? Yeah. So yeah. you got to get him into IJs, man. Come on. You're failing me. We
4: tried. We tried.
0: <laughs> you wouldn't
1: do it? You, <laughs> you would have tried
4: man. numerous times. We just barely got him into carpets, man, one step at a time.
3: Okay.
1: <laughs> All right, baby steps. I'm with you. I'm with you. So he got a – what did he get, a coastal carpet? Or jungle carpet. Yeah,
3: yeah, I believe he got a
4: coastal. Mean, I want to coastal. say he okay. got some caramels from Travis.
1: So, all right, well that's yeah. not that's not far from IJ's. I mean, if he got a jungle, then you know he's dealing with the other end of the spectrum. But coastals we can work with. We'll just have to we'll have to work <laughs> on them a little bit. So, so all right, fellas. I don't know. You want to throw out any uh, uh, pages, uh, websites, anything like that? When we start with you, Tony. What? You know, somebody wants to get in touch with you, wants to check out what you got going on, where can they find you?
2: Uh, as, um, what was touched on earlier, unfortunately, I don't really sell much. Uh, so But you can follow me on Facebook, Revision Reptiles. Um, we post a lot of photos of what we've got and what we're working on. Ours, A lot of our stuff is project-based, so it'll be a little while before we actually expect to sell anything. But there are a few times that we do let stuff go. So follow at Revision Reptiles and uh, Revision Reptiles at Yahoo is another way. If you want to just contact me, that'll work. That uh, easy way to contact me, I work on a computer all day, so email is easily accessible. So typically I try to get back to a lot of people pretty quick. Okay. Cool, man.
1: Awesome. We have some awesome projects and uh, I look forward to seeing – What you got going on in the future?
2: Well, I definitely appreciate it. Thanks for uh, having me on, and you have a good one.
1: You too, man. You too. Absolutely. All right, Terrell, what do you got?
0: Uh, You can follow me on pretty much any social media. Uh, It's me and April at Designer Exotics um, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Um, And we respond to messages, especially because there's two of us. We try to get to them, you know, within minutes. If anybody has questions on anything, we post pictures of all of our current projects, which is mostly IJs and uh, all of our short tail projects. Okay. Yeah. You can follow us on anything. Anything that has some kind of following mechanism, we're probably on it. Okay.
1: Awesome, man. Thanks for coming on. All right. Uh,
0: yeah, of course. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah,
4: absolutely. Okay, Brandon, what do you got? Moreliahouse dot com or Facebook slash Moreliahouse dot com. Uh, not sure what all's going on this year. Working on some Condro projects. Uh, kind of reset my my carpet python projects for this season, but trying to get some green trees going. So, Facebook dot com slash Moreliahouse.
1: Cool, man. Awesome. And uh, when you get this stuff going with Carpet Fest and details, just make sure you share it with me and we'll hit on it, or you can come back and give us
4: some updates, et cetera. So. Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to it.
1: All right, man. Thanks. Cool. All right. Rob, we're going to close it out. We have one more yeah, show for the year, and then we're out. Finally we get a break and uh, can take a couple Tuesdays off. Maybe I can eat a pot brownie and watch Star Wars on one of them Tuesdays. Yeah, Who knows? Right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah, it was cool stuff. There was um, yeah a lot of a lot of inf- well maybe a, a, I guess there was a lot of info. I don't know. I felt like like sometimes when I talk too much, I feel like I'm taking away from the guest. I might be pulling a SB on people. You know what I mean?
5: Nah. No, nah, I think it was good, man. <laughs> I thought there was a lot of stuff there. It's not necessarily an intro show, but at the same time I thought there was a lot of fun conversation and stuff.
3: So I yeah. think that, I think it was good. Yeah.
5: Those guys I tried uh, to be the Owen, you know, give you a little bit of a ribbing as I knew he would, leave you hanging as I knew he would. So, you know, I tried to fill that spot tonight. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I, I can I can see where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I feel lost without my sidekick. You're making me feel comfortable. I, I get it. <laughs> um, oh, bye. But, uh, no, in He's seriousness, you're in the sidecar
5: your motorcycle of life, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, so true. Um, so, in all seriousness, no, I'm going to give my speech about IJs. I mean, like I said, uh, you know, IJs, man, they're just uh, – I think they're just one of those snakes that um, – You see pictures of them, and they don't really do uh, the animal justice, and that kind of sounds, you know, uh, cliche to a certain extent. But I think once you see an adult IJ, uh, they're pretty goddamn impressive, man. That, like I said, that head is hard to beat, and no other carpet python that I keep has that same type of beefy head, the big jowls and the it's just oh, it's impressive. Um and the cool thing is is that they come in sort of a smaller package. So um you know, you 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 can you could uh I do keep them in in racks right. if you wanted to. You uh, could have 40 I, of them. Yeah, you could. Um I'm slowly moving away from that. Um I just purchased a whole bunch of AP cages. Um and uh slowly switching things over to uh to more of the cage scenario because i'm at the point where i want to see my snakes you know and i want to see what's going on sure. i don't think that it makes a difference for them here or there necessarily but uh i'm gonna they be might honest even do in better morning.
5: in the racks but it's just fun for us you know
1: yeah it's more it's more for me i'm being greedy man i can't help it uh i want to see the snakes i want that uh that magic that I had when I was young, where you go in and into a room and you watch them and you're just amazed by, uh, you know, uh, what they're doing. Um, so the cool thing about IJs that no other carpets do, we talked about it a little bit, is that that color change that they do. Uh, it's pretty badass. Um they're pretty easy to breed. Uh, they're pretty easy to keep. Uh, you know, some people do have a little sensitivity when it comes to them. I just think that people might keep them a little too on the, uh, warm, uh, and maybe that, uh, stresses them out. Um, and I, I forgot to hit on this. Um, I forgot to hit on this when we were, uh, talking through the show, but, um, one of the reasons that led me to believe that I kept them too hot is that I, that my IJs were constantly in their water bowls and constantly pushed mm. up against the cool end of the,
5: uh, of the
1: tubs. Um, so I don't know when you see a snake that like their belly is on the side of the tub, that kind of tells me right. that maybe <laughs> things are a little <laughs> too warm. Yeah. Uh, so I started lowering sure. the temps. And I've seen a change in their behavior. And like I said, man, I've only had one respiratory infection, really, in carpets in general. Uh, maybe two, uh, but another one was a coastal. But other than that, I- I've been pretty rock solid when it comes to uh, carpet pythons. That's why I do a podcast about them, because they're the most rock solid python out there, uh, in my, in my well, opinion. And just, just
5: so it's totally clear... What are those temps that you were doing slash you are doing now, right? So now you're doing sort of ambient eighty four to eighty with a night drop in the winter to seventy three, something like that. What were you doing before? Or I was if that doing that. Right, correct me. I
1: was the when I was doing the the thing where I noticed that they were trying to get away from the heat. I was doing the eighty eight to ninety degree type of hot spot with the ambient okay. of uh, well, you know, I'm going to say maybe 80 to 78 type of deal. Um, okay. And, uh, basically what I do now is kind of the ambient temp type of deal, but I have a safety net. And that's how mm-hmm. I look at it. Like,
5: right. so, sure.
1: you know, there's a safety net there that it's a little bit warmer where you're looking at an 85 degree hotspot, but, uh, my I mean, my ambient during the day in my room is 82. Uh, it has gotten as high as 84. Um, you know, one thing that I do for my collection, and because a huge part of it is IJs, I notice that sometimes in the winter, I think I've talked about this before when we talked about uh, you know, humidity, um, they they could have some bad sheds which also could possibly lead to respiratory infections. Am I, am I correct there, Rob, that sometimes too dry is uh, not good either. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: so I think it irritates
5: the the lining.
3: Sure.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I do is, uh, during the winter and just the winter only, I turn on the, the humidifier in my room. It takes me up to about a 60% humidity in the room. Um, which is basically what happens in my place in the summertime. Uh, so during the winter time, I'm working with the dry heat, which kind of makes things, you know, you you take it way down to like, you know, 20% to 10%, you know, like in that area. And that's, you'd be
5: like out here. Sure. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. It just makes things difficult, uh, as far, as far as that goes. So I like to, uh, you know, uh, just keep them at that. And they seem to do very well, man. Um, Uh, and I haven't had any issues. So hopefully, uh, this is, you know, I took off last breeding season. So this is my first breeding season in, in my new spot. Um, and so far everything is going good. Knock on wood. I don't have any respiratory infections, uh, this season. Um, and the cool thing is, is like, so, so far I have six carpet python uh, parents going, um that i've seen more than one lock uh and three of those are ice.
5: You're going to be uh, swimming in babies, parents. man.
1: This is going to be crazy. I think Herpes I think I might be stop something. To. You'll be having us feeding babies.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. No more no more hauling rocks, man. You're going to be feeding babies.
5: <laughs> right? I'll take that, man. I'll take that.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> the fire pit is built. No more hauling rocks. This year <laughs> it's all about feeding babies. Um but uh no, um, you know, so yeah, IJs. I think another thing with me, why they're probably near and dear to my heart, is the first carp. Well, it's the first python I've ever bred, um, and the first maternal incubation clutch that I ever did was was with them, and uh, you know, I it was just exciting, man. It was it was it was what this hobby's about, you know. Uh, it got me pumped up. It got me excited, and I couldn't believe that I actually got a pair of pythons to produce eggs and uh, you know um, and the babies were pretty stellar. So, you know, over yeah, all in all, I, I was, I was pretty happy with it. So um, there's ton of breeding, selective breeding potential when it comes to these guys, you know, I think you know, Tony Terrell, they talked about it tonight. Um, you know, the color palette with these guys, whereas with jungles, and I'm not a jungle hater, I'm just saying there's two colors, <laughs> yellow and black it comes to IJs, you have more of a palette. Even with Inlands, you know, you don't really have that same color palette. It's like, you know, one or the other. But Coastals and IJs, and more so with IJs, and even Darwins have this. They're another one that's underrated, man. Nobody gives no love to Darwins. It's a shame, man. There's so much potential there with them as well. Well, dude,
5: we've talked about this. We wouldn't even have them if the albinos weren't in those things, and it's a darn shame. Yeah, it is. I mean –
1: I I guess it's all relative but you probably remember this uh Rob when you know when they were even talking about Darwin carpets people would be like what yeah. the hell I need some Darwin carpets and who gives a shit about the the albino part of it they just want yeah. you know the freaking Darwin carpet and uh now we have them and you know a few people care about it <laughs> you know so hopefully it's not one of go. those a things a few people where I like it a, a few people and hopefully it's not <laughs> one of those things where they get lost in the hobby. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they don't fall the Duns Python route or something like that, you know? Sure. Um, but, uh, that's my fear when it comes well, to these were harder deal.
5: fought. I think they'll stick, man. These and the roughies, they'll stick, but I'm with you, man. It's just, that was the thing. Stuff like the Duns was just, it was easy come, easy go. You know, we didn't realize, yeah. you know, cause I was, Around the, when they showed up, I was around when they were gone. You know, I had them when they showed up, had them, you know, and got rid of them when they were gone and all this stuff. And those, it was easy come, easy go. These, man, anyone who's been in it long enough knows that, I mean, Darwin carpets weren't available. Then uh, Kerry and Anthony had gotten those, and that was sort of a mind blow thing. You know, again, it's if they didn't have the albinos, I don't think that would have happened. And it's it's a shame, you know, because they just wouldn't have been valued enough. We're two enough people, you know.
1: Right. Um, the one thing I didn't hit on and I totally forgot, uh, and I'm gonna post this in the chat now, but um so the Tiger IJ, Tony will probably like to hear this, but the Tiger IJ clutch, um so Boa Cabana works with the same line uh that their animals came from Ooh, Bob.
5: I know where you're going.
1: Fudo, uh came from Bob Fudo and um those Hold on. I'm going to share it right now. Um, those uh, animals produced this albino-looking IJ thing, and I can't get it to post. <laughs> right. So I'm going to post. Unfortunately, it died. Um, there we go. Okay. So unfortunately, it died. It However, it survived and died, or it just died? It survived and died. Um, no, it survived sorry. and sorry. No, it just it, – no, it died. Right out of the egg okay. came out and, and it died. But um, uh, there you can see some crayons for uh, color. So they believe that this was a type of albino and uh, it was definitely different than the rest of the clutch. Um, maybe a hypo, may uh, who knows. But um, the cool thing is, is that people that are working with that tiger IJ or boa cabana line IJs may have some of that blood uh, in there, so if it is something, who knows? Maybe uh, it popped out. Yes, it is
5: dead. It, yeah, uh, I mean, it is. I don't know because the pigment is one of the last things to come in. So you just you wonder if that's just sort of an underpigmented, you know, associated with embryonic problems or whatever. But man, that's that is a killer looking critter, and I'm not going to kill that hope for sure. You know. Yeah, come on, Rob. Don't 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 crush it for me. I'm not killing that <laughs> hope, man. I'm just, you know, you know me. You'd rely on me to to say what needs to be said, but be me. I'm yep. with you. Yeah. You know, I'm with you, and I, I think, well, heck, man, I posted a striped one or two, as you said, and you know, I didn't. I've never owned a captive bred IJ. You know, those are all wild or captive hatched, and man, there's so much potential with these things. That's the. Th- yeah. To me, that's one of the big appeal points beyond the color change, beyond being innately cool, all this stuff is you can make your own road, man. Don't just follow, you know, the pre-approved project from someone else, pave your own path, do your own thing. And there's plenty of room to make cool snakes.
1: I think we should end on that, man. I don't, I don't think we could say it any better than that. <laughs> that was uh, Very, very well said. So we're just going to close it out with that. So, uh, Next week is the holiday show. I'm sure um uh Jim from Morgantown will be stopping in. Ooh, and uh Fabulous. Uh, checking a uh, Maybe checking I should call the down. office
5: this week just to wish him well. What do you think OMAC can <laughs> make of that?
1: Yeah. Give it a try, man, see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh
5: see if that secretary uh, is still working there after she can't keep a secret. Yeah,
1: right. She uh yeah, they canned her the day after man she's gone <laughs>
3: Right? <laughs> no you I'm know just it. <laughs> uh,
1: so uh uh yeah we're we're gonna close it out, so uh, you throw your info and then I'll give uh the usual Owen spiel, and uh we'll roll on out of here, so people wanna see what you got going on where where do they go Rob
5: right on uh Rob stone on Facebook, high Plains surticulture on Facebook com or highplainsherp.com. Go to the same place. Um, yeah, reach out. I'm sort of like you, man. I don't sell much. I'll have some rinchofas, I think, available. Um, possibly. Uh, parents of Puerto Rican boas this year. Those aren't sellable critters, so that's just going to be a no you and know, give them away because that's the way those work. Um, but, uh, yeah, man. I think that's it. Oh, cool. the australis. We'll see. You know, those just sort of exist, and maybe one day I'll walk into some babies. But, uh,
1: that would be I really cool. Like I know them. that's so they're a, a lot of fun. Been after. Yeah, you've been after that project for a while, so hopefully uh, you get some luck. Maybe eventually.
5: See. One day. Someday yeah. it'll come through, man. Whether it's this season nice. or 10 seasons from now. Just keep going. But,
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, man.
5: It'll be good, and I'm anxiously awaiting Jim, and uh, I think be good to have a break and then you'll hit it hard. I know you told me about who's coming up and it's, it's an impressive lineup for sure, man.
1: Yeah. We got some cool stuff lined up, so uh, stay tuned for sure. Um, So yeah, cool. All right. Uh, Well, thanks for coming on and uh, keeping me company and uh, you know, uh, you know how hard it is to talk to yourself uh, when you do these things. So (laughs) any help is appreciated. I'm glad we could give Owen a break. And, uh, you know, he could, uh, do his thing. Uh, so yeah, that's what I got. So, uh, <clears throat> um, com If you got uh, any comments, suggestions, etc., all that kind of stuff. Info at com is our email. Um, Uh, I'm EBMorelia.com. If you want to see what I got personally going on uh, as far as my collection and then my email there is eric at EBMorelia.com. And as far as Owen, it's rogue-reptiles. I'm sure he has a bunch of snakes to sell because he always does. And uh, (laughs) you would go and check out his Facebook page. Uh, I don't know if his breeding diary is up to date. He said it was. So uh, you can go over and see what he has going on. I know he was playing with it not a hundred percent sure if he finished it, I feel his pain trying to do this and do that and still, you know, do work and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes that stuff gets put on the back burner. Uh, but, uh, one way or the other, he has got some, uh, some pretty cool pairings going on. I've seen some locks that he's had already this summer. I know he's trying for some of those off the wall species. Like, uh, I think the big thing this year with him is water pythons. Uh, so hopefully, uh, He'll hit that out of the park. Look, I'm giving him more of a speech than myself. What the heck? And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to sell his snakes more than I sell mine. Well, that's all right.
5: That's I the way it always goes, man.
1: Right. Uh, so Rogue-Reptiles.com, and uh, I think he's Rogue-Reptiles on Facebook as well. Um, So that's all I got. And uh, until next week, uh,
4: thank you for listening to Morelia Python Radio.
1: Man, it's not as
4: smooth as Owen. He does it much smoother. (laughs) Much, much smoother. So
1: I'll just say good night.